Recording in progress. All righty. Good evening, everyone. I'm going to call to order our city commission meeting for Tuesday, December 5th. If we could have everyone please silence or turn off all your cell phones. And if we could get a roll call from Nikki, please. And by the way, good evening, Mr. Mayor and Commissioner. We see you. Good evening. Good evening. Roll call. Mayor Fernandez. Uh, present. Vice Mayor Bonich. Here. Commissioner Liebman. Present. Commissioner Corey. Present. Commissioner Kaye. Here. We have quorum. Thank you. If we could please stand for a moment of silence. Commissioner Corey, if you could lead us in the pledge. Absolutely. Thank I you. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Okay, so I see we have one presentation this evening. Well, actually, one set, correct? Okay. Shall we just, this is presentations of proposals for the development interest of City of South Miami's Lot B parking lot. Ma Madam Vice Mayor, if I could, yeah, sorry to interrupt, but I was wondering if we might um, want to move some of the other procedural items like the minutes, um, manager reports, hear public remarks, and then take the consent agenda and then do the presentations. Does you that make do it that little... way so that we can do all the other things faster? Yeah. All right, Nikki, you heard the man. I, I'd move the minutes from the last meeting, I believe, on the agenda of uh, November 21st. I'll second. Second. M Mr. Mayor, who's Mayor, running this meeting? We both are. Thank God for collaboration. <laughs> Mayor Fernandez? <laughs> you have to say uh, yes. yes now. <laughs> Vice Mayor Boni? Yes. Commissioner Liebman? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Cayu? Yes. All right. Minutes past five zero. Nikki, Thank you, you sound terrible. I'm sorry. Okay. What are we heating up next? Public remarks? We're going to take the report, reports really quickly. Reports? And we'll get them out okay. of the way. Shall we start with the city manager report? <laughs> Thank you. Um, the deputy manager will be presenting. Um, on the recreation side, registration is open for winter break camp, which runs from December 26th through the 29th, and also from January 2nd to the 5th. Registration is $50 for a week for residents and $125 for non-residents. Some upcoming events. Tomorrow is the Christmas tree decorating party at the Senior Center. That'll be held from 10 to 12.30 p.m. December 15th, there's a movie night at South Miami Park where families can come out and watch the Polar Express. And on the 16th is the toy giveaway for our residents as well. And that's happening at the community center from 11 to 2 p.m. Um, an update on hiring. Job offers have been extended to three candidates for HR and risk manager, communications and marketing manager, as well as community affairs manager. 
they have all been accepted, so those candidates are in the process of going through all their pre-employment screenings, and tentative start dates are between December 11th and the 18th, so we're hopeful to be able to present, uh, introduce those candidates to you at the next meeting. That's the manager's report. Thank you. Thank you. The deputy manager's report. I know. <laughs> I know. Shall we move forward with city attorney's report? Thank you. Just uh, one one item on this in his report, uh, Madam Vice Mayor. The so there's a property at 5660 Southwest 58th Place that we've uh, had been been having code enforcement issues with for quite some time. Uh, since early 2020, uh, the property has uh, steadily deteriorated. There's uh, junk and debris. There's um, uh, some, I guess, questionable uh, construction uh, fixes that have been applied to the property. And uh, it's been cited a couple of times. It's gone to the special magistrate. There's been three separate orders. Uh, the property's still not in compliance. So uh, we, we're raising it right now to determine which direction uh, you all uh, would like us to, to take this, and if you uh, want to authorize us to pursue litigation to try to get this property, you'll see some of the pictures uh, in front of you. Um, it's, it's, you know, the residents in the area are, are uh, very unhappy uh, with, with the state of this property. So uh, there are three, basically three options. Uh, the, the, the first option would be to go back to special magistrate and try to secure, you know, a more forceful order. Um, at the end of the day, the special magistrate would have to make a, a, a specific finding of uh, a certain level of, of harm, and we don't believe that he's ready to do that uh, in order to order us or to enable us to go in and abate the property. That's what we're seeking to do, so that we, we can do that, and then whatever the cost of that, of that abatement, uh, whatever those costs are, we would then lien the property. Uh, so we don't think the special magistrate, although an option, is, is not necessarily the, the, the best option. Um, we don't think it'll be fruitful. Next thing is a potential litigation. Um, we can go to court, try to seek an injunction. The, the problem with this property, uh, kind of the overarching thing, is that the ownership is in question. Uh, the named owner of the property is deceased. Uh, we have not found a probate, the, that the case is being probated. Uh, so there's some issues as to who the owner is. So that has complicated the effort. So uh, that second option would be to go to court to try to establish this. There is a third option, which, um, my esteemed colleague, Ms. Arango, found uh, in, in, in her research in other codes where uh, there are some codes which enable um, the manager to make a certain determination and order the abatement. It's an appealable decision. We do not have that in our code right now, but maybe perhaps that uh, we could amend our code to seek that uh, or to, to establish that process. And, and enable the manager to make that, that determination, and then we could go in and abate and go through that process. So it would require some time. Either way, it's gonna be some time because even litigation is gonna take some, some, some time to wind its way to get to a hearing. Um, this is not, uh, we don't believe that this would qualify as an emergency situation for an emergency injunction. Um, so it's something that will take some time. Uh, we could also do those, two, those last two, which is the litigation and the uh, amending the ordinance in parallel. Um, and move, move them both along. So I, I'm putting that to you all, <laughs> and um, I, I, we'd like your direction as to what you'd like us to do. Okay. If, are you guys if unmuted? Are I'm you, unmuted. Okay, and, and are you unmuted, Mr. Yes, Brown? I am. Okay. I am as well. So that means I wouldn't have any background noise. Okay. Do, um, do I have background noise? 
No, no, I don't hear background noise from either of you, but I, I see you have your hand raised. Tell me. Whenever, whenever you're ready, Madam Chair, I just no, wanted no. to. No, 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 you ask. go, go, go. Thank you for thank you for recognizing me. I appreciate it, and and thank you for running tonight's Listen, meeting. If we don't do this together, we're not going to get through it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, just to the city attorney, uh, I, in terms of injunctive relief, what 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 are we asking the court to enjoin them from doing? I I I, I, I look. This is a just by way of commentary to the rest of the board. This is a property that has to me generated a number of requests uh, from the neighbor across the street. A neighbor who lives just next door uh, in Gables Edge here, and my understanding is, but basically putting his house on the market uh, out of frustration with the condition of his neighbor's property. So uh, I, I'd like to try to show them uh, that we are trying to take any and all measures that we can to bring this property into compliance. It is a blight on the entirety of the block. Um, that said, I'm just wondering, in terms of injunctive relief, what what would be the effect of uh, any order entered by any court with competent jurisdiction? Yeah. Uh, good evening. Let me answer that one. So we would be seeking a temporary and permanent injunction to require the owner to abate the problem, the nuisance. If they don't do it within 30 days, then the city can step in and actually do the work, abate the nuisance, and then charge the property for those costs. Okay, thank it you would, for that clarification. And if I just may, uh, it's not an emergency injunction. It would be, so the difficulty with it is it may take a few months to get a hearing before the court to seek the injunction. So there may be some delay in that. And, and the alternative you mentioned, if I may, Madam, Madam Vice Mayor, into the colloquy, is, was, it, was it to also amend our, our, our process so as to allow us to uh, bring another code enforcement case before the special master? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the last option. It would be an amendment to the code to create a process to allow the city manager to make a determination that there is some imminent threat or danger for public health, safety, and welfare. And uh, the, the, it would be a chronic nuisance. At that point, we would send a notice to the owner that the city manager had made that finding. The owner has a right to appeal, most likely to the special magistrate. So we would have to create that process. We don't have anything like that right now in the code. Okay, thank you for that clarification. That's all I had, Madam Vice Mayor, by way of yeah. questions. And and I can I can say I do exercise in this area, so I pass in front of that house. They've had a hospital bed at one point. Like it's just it's it's out of control. So I I would say if if any of us are unsure and the pictures don't paint enough of a picture, then you really need to go by there because. I'm just thankful that's not my neighbor. It is horrific. I mean, from just loose things on the roof, like who even does that? Uh, so. A former commission candidate. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so. Through the vice mayor? Tell me. Go ahead. No, I agree with you. I, I, I walked the property and I've been there several times and I 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. So, what do we what do we want us to do? Do we want to take both two and three of the options so we can both move both of those at the same time? Madam Vice Mayor, that would be my suggestion that we move. We give direction to have them pursue both the injunctive relief and the ordinance modification, and hopefully, one of those two remedies gets us in a better posture. Yeah. And what what happens if we clean it and we build them and nothing happens? Like, how long will this go on? Under the new ordinance or code provision, 
The work could be deemed a special assessment lien. That's a priority lien. So it could be foreclosed, and it has the equivalent priority of like a tax lien. Okay. So that the, the city could recoup its costs. Okay. So with the vice mayor. Yes. Just verifying this is not a homestead, right? Like you, I think we we talk, spoke about this is not a homestead. It's not, and the owners are not. No, it's not listed as a homestead. Thank you. Okay, so do we have a motion to pass with those two options as our way forward? I move the motion. I'll second it. Thank you. So we have the motion by Commissioner Kaya and the second by Mayor Fernandez. Can we please call the roll? Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonich? Yes. Commissioner Liebman? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Kaya? Yes. Okay. Passed five five. Perfect. Five zero zero. Madam Chair. <clears throat> Tell me. I apologize. I um, we had intended to uh, uh, show uh, progress on the Avalon Bay project as requested, uh, first meeting of the month, and we were just going to show some quick uh, images of that, and that was supposed to be under the manager report. But I, my, my bad. Perfect. And are we done with the city attorney's report? <clears throat> Thank you. Okay, if we could take a look at that. So there, um, one of the commission meeting, Commissioner Lehman had talked about it'd be good to, to kind of keep tabs on them, show the community progress of the, of, of the uh, project. So uh, we have a camera in the parking garage that picks this up, and this is uh, the last uh, images that we showed you uh, previous uh, two meetings ago, and, and now we have uh, a picture of uh, November 28th. Uh, so you can see a lot of the foundation work uh, is going on, uh, pouring of concrete and uh, a, a lot of pours early. I will say that um, some of those have to start early because it's the volume of trucks that if this were to be during normal working hours, it just would not happen. Uh, so you can see the difference between the last set of pictures of the last meeting that we showed and, and where they're at now from a progress standpoint. We meet every two weeks uh, to go over the project and any to troubleshoot anything that the project needs to ensure that uh, they meet their critical path. So um, we're uh, excited about their progress at this point. The Winn-Dixies never look so good. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, do we want to take public remarks next? Yep, okay. Does anybody have the sheet? I was first on the list, so you know, old lazy over here, it takes him a while to get back <laughs> there and get things. You're always first on the list. Dick Ward, I'm not gonna talk about uh, my usual thing tonight. I'm gonna speak about election campaign contributions. I've participated, as I've said before, in every election in the city of South Miami since 1961, and never has anyone, to my knowledge, accepted a, a campaign re uh, contribution in excess of $250. And at this last election, uh, someone took it upon themselves to show the city clerk the state part that says $1,000 for municipal elections and county elections. And that disturbed me greatly, as I mentioned before. I called the attorney general's office and they, they told me that, that it was not to exceed $1,000, that there were many cities and counties that had limits on their campaign contributions. Now, it's my understanding 
that very shortly after the election, a resolution was passed, from what I've been told, eliminating that $250 contribution and replacing it with the state law that says 1000 And I hope that you will seriously consider reinstating a campaign limit, whether it's 250 or 300 In a city this size, it shouldn't be enormous. And if it stays at 1000 we might as well look up there and say, you bought your commissioner, not him, because he had, Liebman had to go under the old system and so did Corey. But under this new thing, it's gonna be a, uh, it's gonna be a sale to the highest bidder. I mean, in the mayor's race, there was $64,000 raised. His opponent raised just a little over 6,000. And in the vice mayor's race, oh boy. she raised over 30. And her opponent raised something like about eight, I think it was. And of course, with uh, that in mind, I would strongly, I think it's essential that you redo the campaign contribution limits and you will be within the right of the state law. And a limit, I mean, you know, the last week of this, 10 days of this campaign, one person collected six different $1,000 campaign contributions and one $500 campaign contribution. Mr. Ward, if <laughs> those, you those can, six, can wrap it up. Those six, the, those six contributions were equal to what his opponent ran, uh, collected. So please give it some serious thought and let's not have the situation of where we're selling our commission and mayor's race. Thank you. And by the way, the city administration should be complimented for the fine job that they've done in decorating the city for the holiday. Thank you. We appreciate that. Okay, next up I have Jason, but I can't make out your last name, I'm sorry. Jason Capistrano on behalf of Ace Connections of Florida, mayor, vice mayor, commissioners. Um, topic Q11, just here to respectfully request that you consider not approving that item tonight and allowing some sort of procurement process that's competitive for firms such as ours to compete in that competitively and providing that service in this community for decades. Um, we have the infrastructure, the asset base. So again, I respectfully request that you guys consider not approving that tonight and creating a procurement process. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Next, I'm going to ask the commander if he can hold because we're gonna recognize you separately from com public comments unless there's public something you wanna say in public comments in addition? Nope, perfect. Okay, next we have Miss Sandra Seals, it seems. Oh no, because they're all boy state. Perfect, we'll get you all together. And Mr. John Edward Smith. Mr. John Edward, thank you for uh another wonderful photography job at the Elvis Parade. Good evening, Mr. Mayor. Hope you're wearing your woolies. You got a cold front up there. Uh, members of the commission, John Edward Smith, a resident and business owner in uh, South Miami. The Parade of the Elves, 
turned 40 years this Sunday. How do I know? Well, my daughter turned 40 this year. At six months, she rode alongside of me as I drove Skipper Chuck Zink. I don't know if you know Skipper Chuck. He was the Grand Marshal for the parade. And my daughter Ashley was six months and rode uh, in a baby seat alongside of me. Uh, I've been involved with the parade since then for many years. It's been part of our family. It's been part of many families in this community. And this is what makes South Miami so special. And I congratulate the Parks Department uh, and special events for continuing the parade. It first started out as an event presented by the Red Sunset Merchant Association. Over the years, it transformed into an event created or uh, presented by the city of uh, South Miami. So uh, congratulations on that. The one thing that I find over the years is, is missing are the lack of bands. Uh, we had one group perform and they've performed for a number of years and that's the uh, St. Andrews Pipe and Drum Band. And it's a matter, it has been a matter of finances. Some of the schools like the Marching Cobras at South Miami High School uh, require the cleaning of uniforms and the buses to get them to the parade. Uh, that's a tab of about $500. So I think we need to be more conscious about trying to attract uh, sponsors to the parade that can support more bands. Uh, and to that effect, uh, Mr. Manager, uh, I'll be contributing $500 um, by December 31st in the tax year um, to the Parks Department uh, for the explicit purpose of bringing in at least one additional band. And I thank you for that. Thank you, John. Yeah. Hello. Thank you, John. Oh, hey, you're welcome. Um, the other thing is uh, the decorations, I think, were very creative in town this year. Uh, we had lampposts with um, munchkins. I call them munchkins because they're all different characters. And uh, uh, we had uh, wooden soldiers. Matter of fact, you'll see them strapped on, on some of the posts uh, out here in front of City Hall. Um, and I noticed as I was going through town last week and um, after they went up that people were with their kids taking pictures uh, in front of the lamps. Uh, very, very friendly, very uh, warm and engaging. Uh, and I was curious because when I went in town the other day, they were gone. I said, where did the munchkins go? And apparently someone didn't like the munchkins. So the Munchkins went somewhere else. <laughs> uh, I, hope we, I hope we can bring them back. Uh, and with that, uh, thank you very much. Have a great evening. Thank you. And by the way, if you give 500, I'll give 500. Right, I'll match you. There we go. We've got something. We got something going here. Do we have anyone out in Zoom land that would like to speak? No. Anyone in Zoom would like to speak? 
Raise your virtual hand. <laughs> no? Okay, with that, we'll close public comments. And we, we have what? Oh, we have a letter. That's right. I'm sorry. Do we have to read the letter? Or is it just the they letter? asked. I think they this asked. This is a letter from Rosendo A. Horns. Please appreciate the please appreciate the complete lack of necessity for cameras in South Miami's school zones. Although it may garnish garnish some form of public sentiment under the guise of children's safety, the alternative is equally important. Constitutionally protected rights to privacy, privacy rights of children, their families, and residences in the surrounding areas. City will incur legal exposure when lawyers challenge this from every angle possible. Why not wait and see whether other local municipalities successfully implement this and not be the guinea pigs, so to speak? South Miami should be protecting its constituent constituents from companies' monetization of publicly administered tasks, especially when it is otherwise already admir admirably performed by SOMI's finest police officers. <clears throat> Additionally, it should not be overlooked that if implemented, everyone currently unaware or not involved will have a lasting first impression of SOMI's elected officials as the ones who agreed to this disaster while scrolling through only in Dade's social media platforms, caption reading, hashtag over overkill, ha hashtag insert thematically as you see fit. That all? <clears throat> no. That is the end. No more hashtags? No. no. Only, only Colorful. Okay, perfect. And now we will move on. We've got the commander and his lovely wife. All right. And the gentleman who did Miami-Dade proud, really, at Boy State. Welcome. Well, <coughs> we were chartered in, in the South, uh, South Miami Legion Post was chartered in 1920, along with the city of South Miami, and we've come a long way, serving military veterans in the patriotic community here in South Miami. Uh, we're open every day from 11 to 10 and serve lunch, dinner, and refreshments, along with entertainment. We have a local gathering place for close to 100 years. One of the things that we do is to support the community through the annual toy drive, the safe streets and Halloween, Veterans Day activities and Memorial Day activities, the food bank, <coughs> the Special Olympics scouting, and the Fisher House. And in addition, we have Boys State and Girls State. Each year, we send 530 delegates to Boys State and another 530 delegates to Girls State. However, this year, our delegate Martin Seals was able to lock down the governorship, which is a one-time only deal. And I'd like to have him present to y'all how his journey went to Boys State. And thanks to private donations, we were able to send him and two other boys to Boys State. Martin. I will. Go, go right. ahead, Governor. 
course. Uh, <laughs> thank you. So uh, good evening, everybody. Uh, Mayor Fernandez, Vice Mayor, and the City Commission. Again, my name is Martin Seals. Uh, I'm a senior at Christopher Columbus High School and the, of course, proud uh, 2023 Governor of Florida Boys State. So uh, greetings on behalf of the American Legion Post 31. That is one from uh, Commander Zepeda. Uh, it is great to be here with you all on this Tuesday evening. So I just want to give you all a bit of a blurb almost just about Boy State and why it was just so great to be there and why I'm so thankful for the opportunity. So Florida Boy State was the experience of a lifetime. It changed my life six months ago when I boarded a bus uh, headed up for Tallahassee, like he said, with 530 other boys. And they all came from this great state and it was, well, quite the experience. Boy State builds a mock state replica forming a city, county, and state government. They believe in learning by doing, so every participant is elected to their respective positions. By the end of the program, we create a fully functional uh, state government run by these rising seniors. And like um, Commander Zapata said, we do have a girl state too, so this is a co-thing, right? Uh, we have boy state and girl state, so if anybody would like to think about um, sending somebody or recommending it, yes, they do have that option. Boy State also complements the Box State aspect with education from America, our American government and our Florida's history. Uh, additionally, we have had the chance to uh, listen to some speakers, right? We had actually a fellow uh, governor from Tallahassee, John Daly. Uh, we learned from our house, one of our House representatives, a actual local uh, House representative, Cabrera. And we heard from uh, our Florida Secretary of State. So we had a lot of uh, exposure, a lot of learning. And uh, well, Boise State is just very good in terms of exposure and really just a comprehensive education. So to put it simply, Boise State changed my life. And I can go on about its excellence, but I wouldn't be telling the whole story if, it, if I didn't mention the friends that I made. The uh, participants that came to Boise State, some of the most successful in the state. They comprise of JROTC uh, members, team captains for these sports, valedictorians, and more. And it is awesome all the time whenever I see these guys outside of the program at tournaments, you know, doing what they do best, striving for success. It is always a great thing. And well, I just have to say thank you to everyone who was a part of sending me there and all the others there. So I just want to leave you all with the words that they left us and they instilled in us, which was uh, God, honor and country. So thank you. Special thanks to uh, Dr. Carter Burris my actual freshman uh, counselor who had belief in me all throughout my four years and recommended me to the program. Special thanks to uh, Commander Zapata and just everybody else who was a part of this program and sending these people to this absolute just bastion of greatness for society. So thank you. Yes. Have a good evening. Thank you very much. We'd love to take a photograph with you. There's only some of us here, but we can we come down and take a photo with you? Of course, sure, absolutely. Madam Mayor, if I can, just quick, quickly say a couple words. Yes, you can do that. So, so first of all, it's my deep regret that I'm not here this evening in person. Uh, Martin, to honor you. Um, you know, as Mr. Rodriguez in the audience, myself, I'm a proud Columbus grad. Uh, Dr. Burris, hope you're doing well this evening. And good to see you in the audience. Um, you know, when a few of us put together a few dollars uh, at Commander Cepeda's urging to... Um, help you know, young men and women get to boys and girls state. Uh, I really would have never imagined that it would have been you who would have risen to the rank of governor. And that makes me extremely uh, proud, not just because you're a Columbus grad, but because I've had the honor of knowing your parents for a very long time, including your departed father, Norbert, who was a great man. 
So um, I just want to say to you, congratulations. And you do him and your mom tremendous honor. And I'm sure they're ext extremely proud as a mind to see you have the success. And we look forward to seeing you accomplish many more great things in what's sure to be a bright future. So congratulations again. Thank you so much, sir. Wow, Mr. how nice. Mr. Seals, if you can fill out an employment application before you leave. <laughs> Please, we need a commission aid. So if you uh, decide to stay here for college, we'd love to have you. Of course. Thank you so much, sir. We also would like to provide a, uh, a location for people who have used American flags that have worn that are worn out for them to deposit here, and then we will take care of them and burn them uh, at an appropriate time. Thank you. And so I would like to work on that with the city manager, if possible, to find an appropriate place for that so we can provide that service. I think that's wonderful. Thank you very, very much. Madam Vice Mayor, before the commander retires, can we ask him a quick question? Oh, yes. Yes. Go ahead. Mr. Sabata, how are you? Good evening. <coughs> Pardon? Good evening. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. Thank you. I just wanted to ask you again for, for Boy State 2024, what do we need to support you with by work in terms of uh, monetary donations? What are we looking to raise this year just for the benefit of the public? Probably before the end of the year so you can write it off as a tax thing. <laughs> Sounds good. And so what's, what is that goal, just so we know what we're working with here? December 31st. How much money do you want? A dollar amount. It, if we want to send a full compliment, how many students, what do we need to help well, you raise? We can send three, and we can send two to Girls State. So that would be for five students. Okay. And, and roughly each student <laughs> runs about $1,000 each. Right. So $5,000, that's the goal, folks. Let's let's yes. do it one more time. Yep. Okay. I'll do it. Will you do it? I will, absolutely. So we, we, we did it last year. Let's do it again. All righty. So, Thank so far, we've much. got 3000 <laughs> Thank you. And again, Sandra and your audience, Julia in the audience, congratulations again. 
thank you. Sorry. She's saying thank you, just can't hear her. Okay, do we want to move on to the consent agenda? Is that what we've yes, got? I'd like to move items one through six, if the clerk would read them. Hold on one second, unless we have objections. Hold on. Does anyone want to move anything out from one through six? We're all okay with that? Anyone? Yes? We don't have any objections, so. Consent, consent agenda item one. Did we, did we have a second? Second. No. We haven't read them yet. I, I move the consent. Mm -hmm. Okay, they're going to read them oh, and sorry. then we'll move them. Our resolution of the Mayor and City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida, approving an agreement with CompuQuip Technologies, LLC, for checkpoint firewall maintenance and support services utilizing the terms and conditions of the Maryland Department of Information Technology request for proposals, RFP number 060B2490022, authorizing the city manager to negotiate and execute a contract relating to the same in an amount not to exceed $48,524 with 64 cents, providing for implementation corrections and an effective date. Item number two, a resolution of the mayor and city commission of the city of South Miami, Florida, authorizing the city manager to negotiate and execute an agreement with MCCI LLC for the purchase of documents and records management subscription and support services utilizing the terms and conditions of the National Cooperative Purchasing Alliance contract number 01162 for an amount not to exceed $11,849.25 in the first year, providing for implementation corrections and an effective date. Item number three, a resolution of the mayor and city commission of the city of South Miami, Florida, selecting and awarding a construction contract to Fast Dry Quartz, Inc. for tennis clay court resurface improvements at Dante Fischel Park in an, in an amount not to exceed $84,470 authorizing the city manager to execute a construction contract for the project, providing for implementation, corrections, and an effective date. Item number four, a resolution of the mayor and city commission of the city of South Miami, Florida, approving and authorizing the purchase of a police accreditation software subscription from Power DMS Inc, DBA NeoGov, in an amount not to exceed $5,582.57 for 2024, providing for implementation corrections and an effective date. Item number five, a resolution of the City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida, selecting and awarding a contract for construction to Homestead Concrete and Drainage, Inc. for the construction of ADA picnic shelters and improvements at South Miami Park in the amount of $494,761, authorizing the city manager to negotiate and execute a contract relating to the project, providing for implementation, corrections, and an effective date. Item number six, a resolution of the, of the mayor and city commission of the city of South Miami, Florida, approving and authorizing the purchase of a crane from SPL Freightliner LLC using Florida <coughs> Sheriff's Association contract number FSA VH21.0 <coughs> in an amount not to exceed $247,210, declaring the existing crane 
as surplus property, providing for implementation, corrections, and an effective date. So we already had a motion and a second. Do we need to do that again, or are we good? Yes, I no, the motion was made the motion. I, I move the consent agenda. Second. I second it, yeah. Yep. Mayor Fernandez? Mayor Fernandez yes. seconded it the first time, yes. Vice Mayor Bonich? Yes. Commissioner Liebman? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Calle? Yes. Pass 5-0. Madam Vice Mayor, Mr. Mayor, if there's no objection and if there's no additional debate or discussion, items 13, 14, and 15 are all second reading items. Maybe we can move through those quickly as well. 13, 14, and 15. 12 is well. As well as 12. So 12 through 15, I don't know. If <laughs> I, I'd second moving them. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't catch what you said. I, I'm happy to second moving those items. Okay. 12 through 15 or second reading 15? items. All right, so let's do that. Uh, yeah, they are, they are public hearings as well. Okay, so, so do we have one public hearing? Okay, do we have anyone in the public who would like to speak on items 12, 13, 14, and 15, correct? We need to correct. read them. We need to read them. Anyone? I don't see anyone here. Do we have anyone in Zoom? No, we need to read them first. Okay. To read them first, yeah? Yes, no, we'd like to just run over the reading today. <laughs> Why not? Ordinance 12, an ordinance of the City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida, amending Article 3, Zoning Regulations, Section 20-3.61 of the Land Development Code, addressing permissible height of an accessory structure, providing for corrections, severability, conflicts, implementation, and an effective date. Ordinance 13, an ordinance of the City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida, amending Article 6, Administration and Enforcement, Sections 20-6.1, Administrative Entities, and 20-6.2, Appeals and Review of the Land Development Code, to provide for City Commission review of appeals of administrative decisions in connection with enforcement of land development regulations, severability, conflicts, implementation, and an effective date. Ordinance number 14, an ordinance of the mayor and city commission of the city of South Miami, Florida, creating a new article six of chapter 17 <clears throat> of the city codes of ordinances to regulate the control of discharge of pollutants into stormwater collection facilities pursuant to the National Pollutant Discharge Elimination System, NPDES, permit process providing for corrections, codification, cerebrality, conflicts, implementation, and an effective date. Ordinance 15, an ordinance of the mayor and city commission of the city of South Miami, Florida, amending article four, water short shortage plan of chapter 16B, sewers and water, of the city code of ordinances to incorporate applicable Miami-Dade County permanent year-round landscape irrigation restrictions and provide for enforcement by the city providing for corrections, providing for severability, for severability, providing for conflicts, providing for implementation, and an effective date. Okay. I move these ordinances. There's already second. a motion. There's already a motion uh, second for uh, all four of them. So are we voting for each one individually? Uh, yeah, we can, we can take one vote, uh, but 
we did open the public hearing, right? Yes, there we did. There was no one, so just there to make no the record clear. There was no one here. Is there anyone on Zoom who would like to talk on these items? Anyone on Zoom, raise your virtual hand if you would like to speak on these items. No. No. Okay, so we're closing the public hearing. If we can please call the roll, I guess, individually for each or, one. Or collectively. I think you can take one vote. Okay. We've heard them all at the same time. And just for the record, it, it was moved by Commissioner Liebman, seconded by the mayor. Collectively? Please. Oh, but I don't have a yes vote on all of them. Oh, oh you? Oh, no, then. So which then one? We'll yeah. Individually. Yes. Specific, which one? And okay, so then can we call them individually? Or okay. all with the exception of? Well, because it's 14 okay. and 15 that I'm not in agreement with. Okay. To no one's surprise. Okay, then let's do it individually. Okay. okay. Ordinance 12. <coughs> Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Mayor, Vice Mayor Bonich? Yes. Commissioner Liebman? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Calle? Yes. Passed 5 0. <coughs> Ordinance 13. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonich? Yes. Commissioner Liebman? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Calle? Yes. Passed 5 0. 14. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonich? Yes. Commissioner Liebman? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Calle? Yes. Passed 5 0. No, 4 1. Oh, no, I, I voted right. yes, my no. I, 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 not, not yet. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> I, was, I was originally a no on 14, and I was 14. like, wait, no, I was, I, we got that settled. Okay. Number 15, Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonich? No. Commissioner Liebman? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Calle? He stood up for a second. Oh, he probably had to stretch his leg. Come. Wait, he's, he's, he's coming come, back. He's coming. Sorry. I see him hobbling. Back. We'll, we'll yeah. wait. We'll, oh, boy. Please don't hurry up. All right. Sorry, I had to deliver. Uh, yes, please. Sorry about that. Passed 4-1. Madam Vice Mayor? Tell me. Uh, if if I if without objection, I'd like to move to defer item eleven to December nineteenth. Okay, so then, we're. Does anyone have any comments about I, that? Or are we okay with that? Sure, yeah, I I do have an ob objection. I, if I'd like to move on to presentations. I don't want to waste uh, the applicant's time for number eleven, but if we were going to defer eleven, I just wish that we would have given the applicant ample time as uh, we, we all know that they have a large staff, attorneys on staff, and they've, they've paid to be here. So I just think out of respect, I, I don't think it's fair to cancel the item last minute. I just believe there should have been advance notice. To the vice mayor? Yes. I, I was under the impression we already had the presentation uh, two weeks ago. Am I incorrect on that? I, I was asking for the presentation items, not a presentation <laughs> on this specific item. No, oh, not, my, no, my apologies. No, I'm sorry. I'm just talking about the not the presentation item. Sorry, I was talking about item 11, which is the um, item related to the solid waste transfer facility. Yes, and I'm looking in the audience, and I see uh, one, two, three, four, five people. Okay. Um, I believe at least two are, are attorneys. Um, I just wish if this was the case, we could have saved them the time and the 
and the expense. So with all due respect, they're here. They paid to be here. The items on the agenda, they haven't heard anything any different. I just think it's the correct and professional thing to do to, to hear them. That, that's, that's but the commission can outvote me. No, uh, no. And, and Liam, if, you know, I had indicated to the applicant that I would making this be making this motion since there is a conversation happening on the 12th of the county commission that I'd like to have us follow and then vote following the completion of that uh, conversation. But that was the reason for the motion. If you want to hear the item, I don't have any objection to hearing it. How does everybody else feel? Anyone? Do you or, but, yeah. hear it today, right. hear it on the 19th? But I, sorry, I would say either way, I would like, well, if we're going to, sorry, if we're going to defer the item, let's do it now. If we're going to hear it, I'd like to hear the, pre the presentations under presentations first okay. before item 11. But if the commission would like to defer it, that, that's okay, fine. So we, then I think it's better to do that now. Are we hearing it or deferring it? Are we voting? Shall we vote on that? Okay, we can. Mayor, make a motion to we defer. Just, I, 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 I made a motion to defer it. If we, if there's a second, not a second, we can wait. That's fine. We can hear it later. I mean, I'm going to second it as well. I had already talked to the uh, the applicants as well that we wanted to hear the county commission, you know, speak with about it. So I, I, I second that motion. Okay. Mayor Fernandez? <clears throat> yes. Vice Mayor Bonich? Yes. Commissioner Liebman? No. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Calle? Yes. Passed 4-1. Defer. To defer. Okay. So are we going then to the presentation next? Does that, is that okay for everyone? Yes? Ma'am. I'm sorry? Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. So then if we could, it, the presentation is listed as proposals for development interest of City of South Miami's Lobby parking lot. And up first, we have ROVR slash related group. Madam, Madam Vice Mayor, do we want to give the uh, presenters some direction as to the total amount of time we want to hear from them so we can have time for uh, further questions and discussion amongst the board? Well, I, I think if we can keep it short and sweet, what do you guys think if we're talking... Would 10 what minutes work? Is, ten, it, see, you're saying 10 minutes. 10 minutes seems like a good amount of time. So we're all okay with 10 minutes. If they talk more than 10 minutes, they've lost most of us. ADD is a real thing. Um, okay. And, and sorry, Mayor and Vice Mayor, we're referring to the presentation and then Q&A could extend beyond that. Correct, sir, yes. Okay, thank you. Yeah. All right. So ROVR related group. Good evening. Good evening, uh, Madam Vice Mayor, uh, Mr. Mayor, and uh, Commissioner. My name is Al Dotson with the law firm of Bills and Sumberg, 1450 Brickell <laughs> Avenue. I'm just here to introduce uh, our clients who will be presenting their qualifications in order to move forward with a project like this. One of the things that we recognize is that we must respect you as elected decision makers as well as the public to participate in a transparent project that provides input for a developer to listen to before they present uh, a, a project to you, especially one that doesn't even have the zoning in place uh, that can be done. Uh, one of the things that we will share with you with respect to our experience is that in working with 
municipalities, Miami-Dade County, and other governmental bodies, the first thing you must do is understand the policymakers' priorities. You must listen to the neighbors. You must not presume that you know what's best uh, for the community in connection with the piece of property. And we are gonna share with you our qualifications, our experience in delivering on projects like that after a process that involves input, a process that involves listening, and a process that involves comparing a project apples to apples so you can make the best decision of what should be here in the city of South Miami. So I'll turn it over now to JP. Thank you, Al. Mayor, Vice Mayor, Commissioners, uh, pleasure to be here. Uh, President of the Related Group, John Paul Perez, um, 2850 Tiger Hill Avenue, Suite 800. Um, my father founded Related Group about 44 years ago now. Um, he started with doing public-private partnerships because he, you know, he came from Cuba and, and he didn't have money to, to start. And um, we've continued to do that. We've built over 100,000 units. Um, I think it's very important. Um, so we, we've developed over 100,000 units over the 44 years, luxury high-rise condos, affordable workforce housing, and market rate rentals. Um, but I really want to focus on today is, is the P3 partnerships that we've accomplished. And, you know, you enter these, into these partnerships and, you know, like Al was saying, we listen. We talk to the community. We listen to what the, the commissioners and the mayors want. And, and then we come up with a game plan. Um, and then it's about execution, right? And I think repeatedly we continue to get um, nominated and, and accepted for these public partnerships because we execute and we deliver. Um, and it's shown, it's carried out not just in, in, in South Florida, but also in other markets throughout the country that, that we're, all, we're always getting calls because, um, you know, we've gained that trust over the 44 years. Um, and, you know, we look forward to doing the same with, with you and your community. Um, we think this tr creates a tremendous opportunity to create um, really a true live, work, play city that I think all of you want and desire, and I think we, we have the qualifications to do that. And there's more on this slide that we can talk about, you know, financial capacity, um, equity partners, lenders, um, but we feel very confident we could execute on a vision that we collaboratively come up together. And this won't be our first uh, partnership with Rover. Uh, this would be actually our third one. We actually recently just were selected to do the Miami parking garage from the MTA in downtown which is a redevelopment of 1,200 parking spaces and 1,200 units uh, above. So with that, I'll introduce Oscar Rodriguez from Rover Development. Thank you. Thank you, John Paul. Thank you very much for allowing us this opportunity. We're honored uh, to speak to you today. I think the most important part of the item is proposals for development interests and not proposals for an actual development. Like John Paul said, and like we have always done, we sit back, we listen. Uh, it's not only about what the commissioners and the mayor want, it's also what the community wants. Uh, th this is an area that has, in my opinion, been underutilized, um, but now has a lot of potential to bring not only a critical mass, 
but a lot of um, potential for retail, F&B, hospitality, and just making South Miami not only what it is now, but much greater. We, we, we listen, we implement, we're very considerate, and we just deliver. And, and for that, we wanted to speak to you today to allow us the opportunity to further allow our credentials to come forth along with our track record. Um, and all we do is eat, sleep, and breathe development. And I think that's what the public sector always needs to factor in when selecting a private sector partner. For far too long, uh, many people or many public sector entities have chosen the wrong people, frankly. And that's what's led to delays and projects not occurring. That does not happen with us. And if we commit to something, we see it through to the end so that we can both be very happy in what, our, uh, 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 in what the results are. So thank you so much. Um, with that, I'll let Al Dobson close. We heard you loud and clear. When you listen, you also respond in real time. 10 minutes is not what we need. We don't want anyone falling asleep. We're now at four minutes and 24 seconds remaining and wanna say this. We participate in these processes throughout the state of Florida and almost always the elected officials first say, we want an RFQ to make sure we understand the qualifications of the people who are promising to deliver on a project, understand the work that they've done, their financial ability to deliver, their understanding of what's taking place in the community I could have said that to you, but we wanted you to hear it directly from the people who you would be working with. I could do many, many, many presentations. But when you have people with this type of experience, you can speak to what can be delivered on behalf of the community and on behalf of the elected officials. You let them speak directly to you. Second, we're not gonna be presumptuous and tell you what you need. We're gonna ask you to tell us what's best and we're gonna ask the community to inform us what they think is best, because whatever is built could have implications in light of the Live Local Act and many other laws as it relates to development, especially on that site and other sites within the city of South Miami. So coming forward to you with a vision prior to you understanding who we are and us understanding what you want, we believe is absolutely premature but we are prepared to move as quickly as you want to move through whatever process you want to establish that's consistent with processes that take place throughout the state of Florida that result in good public-private partnerships. We look forward to answering any questions that you have, and we'll give you back two minutes and 37 seconds. Thank you. Thank you very much. Do we want to roll right into the second presentation or do we want to ask them questions first? Okay. Okay. Let's do the third presentation. Yes, we're just waiting because Webster has something to show us. Al, I thought you said you were crediting us the time back. <laughs> this is not our presentation. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, very clear. Okay. Well, then let's. Okay. So
so then do we want to move to maybe if we have any questions for them while Webster does that now that we understand? Do either of you on Zoom have questions so that we don't but overlap I, I each do other? I do not, Vice Mayor. I do not. John, we're going to move on to Q&A. Then, we'll then we'll come back to you. Okay. Mr. Mayor, do you have your hand up? On I, I'm happy to. If you guys want to have Q&A at the end, I'm fine with that as well. No, no, it's I think we should do it. We can do it now simply because they're not ready. With <laughs> Webster's working on something, so we'll have static time. No problem. But through the Vice Mayor, I'd just like to ask um, the team from Rover and Related um, through their council. I, I, I know that they did not present any financial terms. Um, I know they noticed they wanted to listen and hear. What, what questions would they like us to answer um, either in the form of a request for qualifications or some other procurement vehicle so they can get a, a clear sense of what, uh, what the economics of a potential transaction here could look like? Because certainly we want to do a project would be important, but we also want to make sure that we are getting value. And I know that's not a question that can be easily answered in the abstract. So how can we best help them arrive at an understanding of what we want and how that could translate most neatly into some potential terms in the future. Thank you, Mr. Mayor, for that uh, question. There are a few things that typically take place at this stage to inform a development. Do you want mixed use or not? Uh, what are the public priorities as it relates to housing and commercial development? You do have a land use plan that lays out economic development that you want to drive in this city and in that area in particular. How, what's the overlay of those priorities as it relates to this property? Is there a type of activity you want to, uh, us to consider as part of the programming that complements other um, development projects that may be uh, on your list or others are proposing so that we provide complementary, not necessarily competing interests uh, on that particular uh, parcel of land. What is it you're trying to drive as it relates to revenue to the city? Is this a situation where you want to have this a base rent that is paid to you? Or would you like to participate in the revenue that would be generated from development on that property? Uh, is there, are there minimums that you want to establish? Are there other projects you want to have the revenue fund? There are a number of questions that should be asked and answered. And then your direction to us and our recommendation to you on who outside of the people sitting at this dais should we speak to in the community to get their input. How many charrettes or public meetings do you want the developer to have before they bring back a recommendation to you so that it is informed by not only our thoughts your public policy priorities, but also the community's input on what, what they would like. And, and then you would also want to know beyond the verbal comments that we have the financial ability to perform, there should be something documenting our financial ability to perform. There should be something that responds exactly to what you want to see to reflect the actual performance that a developer has actually done from the public sector with whom they have worked, a certain number of, of recommendations so you can follow up and see that they actually can deliver uh, on their promises. You may want to share with us what you want to do from a zoning perspective. It's one thing to propose a nice project and to have 
um, pretty picture, but if it's not zoned for that, uh, then you may say that you want this project done by a certain period of time, and you prefer not, you prefer that it be built within the current. Okay. Um, um, I think we get the idea. But there are a lot <laughs> of things that are, uh, that need to be asked, and uh, sorry, Mr. Mayor, I'm running over my time frame and they're falling asleep in front of me, so I'm finished now uh, answering that question. Madam Vice Mayor, if I can ask one follow-up question. Um, make specifically, it an exciting question, please. Very exciting. We, we have make, a, um, make it a question with a tangible answer. Here's a tangible <laughs> answer. So we, we do have a, a charter limitation that with respect to our city hall project, we are endeavoring to get approved via referendum to allow for leases beyond a 50-year term. I mean, I, I think our board's stated preference generally has been to try to execute leases on public property as opposed to outright sales. Would anything, would a 50-year term on a lease be something that your client could finance a project around or would, based on that limitation, would we be looking at a full disposition in your, in your client's opinion? It, through the mayor, I, and what, can I follow up on that as well? The, the third question is assuming assuming what we just spoke about with you know 50 year versus 99 year lease what what do you guys determine as best use i, I think that one of the things that we want to do for our constituents is to make sure that we maximize the best value that we can with this particular underused lot um, so we are not the experts in dictating what the particular use is of all times you guys are and just one of many that can tell us what's the best use maximum use for our constituents. So I would really like to hear what you guys have to say about that particular lot, what you can and can't do with it. So uh, just to add to the question that the mayor had. Uh, again, Oscar Rodriguez with Robert Development. It's a very good question. And the answer depends on what ultimately it, 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 the city would like to see. I will tell you that a 50 year lease is, is, is much more challenging to finance. Um, to do a highest and best use, which could be a, a, a high-end condo with a hospitality component. Um, so if that were ultimately what the city and the, the community would want, a disposition would be much more favorable to seeing that to fruition than a 50-year 50, 50 lease. Um, that's, that's just the reality of financing today. Uh, a lot of large institutions, when they see a 50-year lease, um, won't won't give you terms because they they're 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 worried about the exit and they're worried about how that would affect the the, the marketability of the ultimate um, development or improvement. So, depending on what ultimately gets um, vetted out and approved, it, it it would be really the answer to that question. It would be a much better term if it was a ninety year lease. I know you have limitations in your charter, but I was on Zoom. Uh, two weeks ago, and uh, you, you you have a charter amendment that's going to come up for a referendum. This might be a very good property to include in that if you seem um, amenable to that. If not, our opinion would be a disposition. Thank you. Thank you. Does anyone have any other questions? You have questions? Yeah, I, I do. Okay. So, uh, yes, thank you for that presentation. Uh, I see that very, I know JP, know the esteemed legal team from uh, from Bilzen. We all know related. Oscar, having had the pleasure of uh, meeting you, um, but sounded more like an RFQ. 
We, we know you're qualified. You're the experts. We don't need surveys and charrettes and so forth. This is representative government in terms of the uniqueness of the property, as much as we'd like the highest and best use. It's a surface parking lot that uh, will face the back of the house of potentially a billion dollar 10 acre project at Sunset Place and also US-1, Metro Rail, but without direct visibility. So it's really not that unique. What's unique is a question of what you could do with it. So based on the RFQ and everything you presented, one of the biggest developers in the country, we would hope that you would have an idea and a suggestion for us as opposed to, and um, I heard a, two options given. I heard it was implied as a P3, a percentage, right? And I also heard a lease. I'm not interested in either. I'm interested in a straight sale. Let's, let's keep it clean. That would certainly be complemented with, uh, with, with zoning, right, with entitlements. And this whole commission, as a matter of fact, in the Sunshine mission, uh, meeting all agreed that they'd be in favor of a straight sale on uh, on this property unless any commission would like to take back those words that they all agreed to in a, in a sunshine meeting um, so yeah b based on that I, I mean we could do a straight sale with zoning but I'd like to hear what what your thoughts are you're the experts in that area um, and then some follow-up questions but please JP um, so yeah we, we our vision for, we, we didn't want to come and present a vision without having conversations with the community and also with, mm -hmm. with you all. Um, we are thinking it'd be a luxury condominium above ground floor retail hospitality. Um, the things that we were thinking about is how do we make that hospitality and that ground floor retail fit in with the community? What are the community needs? So we wanted to come together with a detailed plan showing, um, taking input from the community that sort of solves issues or adds onto the community and spurs more development and growth around it. So we, we are fully open to um, a disposition, some percentage of sales, etc. cetera, um, but we envision this being a um, luxury condominium, probably smaller condominiums, um, very few parking, if not any, no parking at all. Um, but that's, that's the vision there and I think we would be with all the qualifications, the right partner for you guys to execute on that. Great, so I'm gonna follow up on a, on a couple things. So the first thing you said is music to my ears, which is condos in, in place of uh, apartments. So which, what I've always said about South Miami, when South Miami was more middle class than it is today, is to say we're surrounded by two more affluent neighbors, Coral Gables and Pinecrest, and how come I can purchase a condo for less than our, in Pinecrest and Coral Gables than I can in South Miami. Simply lack of inventory, there's no product, and only that product here, which means more is a very dated product. And everything you see come online now is everything, is apartment buildings, right, which you either owned or eventually owned by, it's not related, but by pensions and, uh, and REITs. And my, my concern with rentals uh, in Dade County, which we saw during COVID, you have no control over your own destiny. You could lose your lease in a year, your rent can increase 30 to 50% in a year. And that's our job up here as commissioners to be stewards, as you mentioned, for the, for the community. So I'm looking at condos today as the new affordable housing. People can build equity, they can control their destiny. In addition, let's talk about community. You have a less transient community. You have a more engaged homeowner. And um, the taxes are at least 250% more with over 100 folios as opposed to one rental. So with condos, I, I'm absolutely um, on board. But um, uh, 
there were a couple other things that were um, said. So you mentioned density, um, which raised a little concern. The highest density we have in the city is directly in front of City Hall that was approved. That was 196, just shy of 200 units per acre. So when you say smaller units, and when you say smaller units and more, I believe you said density, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you said smaller units, and it's relative to the height, it implies greater density. How many units per acre were you were you thinking? Because I, as I was mentioned by your represent, right, by your representation, we're concerned about setting a precedent for, right, for live work. That's really a function of meeting with your planning department and your zoning department and and, and determining what we're we're very used to much even higher density. Uh, than that, than that. Um, but that doesn't mean that that's what's appropriate. Right, so that would be a concern of mine. I want it personally, I can only speak for myself, not to be greater than the density that was approved across the street, which I believe is 196 and maybe 198. Yeah. Would your it, project still work? Yes, under it would okay. still work. This is an 18,000 square foot site. Um, anybody that can tell you they can build parking on the site, it, it, it doesn't really understand parking efficiency and ramps and so forth. We not only feel that it would be appropriate to have a building here, but we think that it would also help very much the municipal garage that has been such a thorn in, 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 in the side of the city to create more demand uh, for that garage. So that's something that we will work through, but it would be a, um, a moving target and we would be amenable sure. to whatever the planning and zoning department deems appropriate, including the commission. Right, so th that's that's my biggest concern. That That's what I'd like to, to speak about. So currently at Sunset Place, they have 669 long-term parking leases. They need every square inch of that parking. All of those will be revoked or canceled. So that's 669 spaces that can reloc be relocated to our municipal garage. If anyone's ever tried to leave the movies and the, the way it stands now, Sunset Place. Good, good luck getting out of that garage. Now factor in all the density that'll be there, 34 stories. It's gonna be more of an entertainment district. The restaurants and retail will be a big driver for people that do not reside in that building. Um, our, our city parking, may, maybe not today, maybe in the next two or three years, but when Sunset Place finally opens its doors, uh, that parking is gonna be full, and that's why we bought that parking for a long-term investment. That parking garage was built to support our restaurants and retail, and that commercial area accounts for two-thirds of our tax base. We bought, we purchased that garage, originally built it, bought out the lease recently um, to support the businesses. The parking garage was not built to support a, a, a project, right? And if we wanted to get into two or three lease, that's one thing we'd be amenable to, but not a 50, not a 50 year, I would not never be in favor of 50 year or 100 year parking lease, which has to be consistent with the land with the land lease. So that's where you'll definitely lose me if there's if there's no parking and then additional, I mean, additionally, this is your area of expertise, but in terms of marketable product, I don't know anyone that would want to walk. It's not New York, it's a different culture here. I don't know anyone that would walk from the parking garage to a development. I'm sure you'd have a drop-off area, ride-share area, and so forth. But I don't know that would park on a higher floor in the garage and go down and walk a, walk across the street. So that that's a big concern of mine. I'm not interested in in um, selling parking spaces 
before you get into any long-term lease with, uh, with parking spaces. And that, that was not the intent of, of the garage when it's built. And we should be forward thinking and think about what type of parking capacity we're gonna have. And we're also talking about removing some of the street parking once Sunset Place opens, uh, opens its doors. Yeah, when, when we do developments, we, we focus on all the challenges. A, a couple of the things that we do is we have full valet parking, 24 hours. We also right across the street from the, from the South Miami Metro Station has a parking garage that is also underutilized. So it, it, it's all about demand and it's all about what happens at the time. And, and parking is something that is a, a luxury, not a necessity, in our opinion. Okay. Yeah, just uh, one last question, because I, I saw this. Is there any relation to um, I saw Ricardo Vadia and it's Alex Ricardo Vadia who is a proprietor of Sunset Place? Is it the same or? Well, it's not the same. Uh, Alex Vadia is uh, the owner of Sunset Place. Ricardo Vadia is my partner in Rover. Okay. So two different two people. Two, okay. two different people. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Just one thing, real quick, uh, Commissioner. Your questions actually demonstrate uh, the benefit of having conversations with you before we uh, present a proposal. Uh, you had some very uh, thoughtful input about what you want as well as what you'd like to see there, and we appreciate uh, hearing that from you. Just wanted to share we that. We appreciate your interest. Thank you. Do you have any comments? No, no. not at this time. Well, thank you. Commissioner Gaia, would you like to say anything else? No, I, you know, for the most part, I, I agree with Commissioner Lehman on the aspect of parking. I think that we, if we continue on the path that we've all decided that we want to go with, with the city and the hometown district there, I mean, we've always had an abundance of parking as we speak currently, but as we move forward and start really planning into the future and whether it's three to five years, we are going to see a crunch in parking uh, spots. So um, I do agree. We probably need to conversate a little bit more on this. This is a big project. It hasn't been on our radar. It wasn't our top five priorities. I mean, we've, we've spoken about it. We've talked about it. We've, but we haven't done much with it. Uh, now we have two opportunities that come in with, with different projects and different ideas. Um, but we do have to reconsider and, and really think about what we want to do with this particular project. Thank you. Mayor Fernandez, would you like to say anything else? No, you're good. Okay. I'd just like to say that I just saw an article recently and that Miami is number six out of 10 worst traffic cities in the world. We're obsessed with our cars. I'm obsessed with my car. For me, it is a necessity, not a luxury. And I understand, I, I get you 100% in many, many cities, a car is considered a luxury. I don't think we're there yet. So I wouldn't be comfortable with having a building without parking. If if you believe parking is not possible there, then I think we would need to reconsider what our options are there. Because I know for me, having a building with no parking, it, for me, it doesn't work. And, and I look at what do I consider somebody who would maybe move into that building or be in that building, whatever. And I think to myself, the chances of that person not having a car are slim because nobody that I know, like on the regular, like none of my close friend group, everybody has a car. So I just think that's, that's something to consider. But I thank you very, very much. Of course, absolutely.
there's a big difference between a building without parking and a building whose parking is met off-site within a certain proximity. Um, related and Rover, we've built over 10,000 units without parking in, in, in downtown Miami. The reason it works is because many of the off-site parking garages were underutilized, just the same way as South Miami's parking garage is underutilized, just as it was stated at the last commission meeting. What that means is that we could immediately help the situation, and over time, uh, people get accustomed to the, the urban living, which is, I think, ultimately what this area is going to be with the proximity to the Metro Rail Station and proximity to US-1, and it will it, it would work just like every other one of our developments have worked, Lot 1, Lot 2, District 225. The list goes on and on and on. So it's something that we've done. It's a formula that we've worked with. When you have an 18,000 square foot floor plate, it, to do a structured parking garage, it doesn't work. Anybody that will tell you it works is just going to tell you that so they could, they could have, you know, your thoughts like appeased. But when you go to do the construction numbers and you do the, the, the math, it doesn't work. So I just want you to know that. Thank you very much. So sorry. Um, it's so assume it's a straight sale condos, not 50 year lease, or should the item pass in March, 100 <laughs> or 99 year lease? Um, how long of a, of, a park, of a parking lease would you want? Well, we would probably do a license agreement, not a lease, and it would be a, on a year-to-year -year basis subject to availability. Okay. So if the consumer was to purchase a condo, they would know that they're purchasing a condo with yes. the potential of there not being a parking option in a, in a year. And currently, uh, the garage does not allow for overnight parking. Right. So... You know. Well, that's all the more reason why right. we say we want to work together with the Planning and Zoning Department to discuss the current regulations to accommodate for this type of unique and special project. Okay. Okay. And it would be in the condo docks, so there would be no, they would right. be fully aware of what they were buying. Okay. Right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you very much. Okay. We're... Webster, we're ready. Okay, then we have Roger Development Group. Good evening, um, Madam Vice Mayor, Mr. Mayor, members of the board. My name is Simon Farrow with offices at 2525 Ponce Boulevard. I represent Roger Development Group, uh, a family-owned and operated development company that has had a presence in South Florida for over 65 years. With me tonight is Mr. Oscar Roger Sr. and Ro Oscar Roger Jr. Uh, of, uh, of the group. To those not familiar with the history and, and accomplishments of this extraordinary uh, family enterprise, I want to give you mention of a partial list of the past developments of Roger Development Group, many located in the city of Coral Gables. Uh, the Avenue Coral Gables, Villa Buildmore, Gables on the Green, One Village Place, Gables Park Tower, 475 Buildmore Way, 3400 Buildmore Way, uh, La Fair and Key Biscayne, El Lago Country Club in Orlando, Midtown Apartments in Gainesville. They, they have developed all over, all over Florida. Um, 
With me tonight also are members of our development team uh, for this proposed project, Mr. Andrew Korge of K2 Developers and our architect, Mr. Willie Bermejo of Bermejo Ahamil. Uh, you may, I've known Willie for over 35 years, but many of you may not know that uh, Bermejo Ahamil is the largest privately held uh, architectural and engineering company in South Florida. We have offices in New York City, Orlando, Tampa, Fort Lauderdale, and they're headquartered in Coral Gables. Mr. Korge and Mr. Bermeo will say a few words after my presentation. Um, you're gonna hear a very, very different um, vision for this property than what you just heard. Uh, you're gonna hear, uh, hopefully, a vision and a proposal that may be more realistic and fit to what reality is for the city and for this property. You're gonna hear that parking is important. And in fact, I'm gonna have Mr. Romeo argue and prove to you that you can, you can and have, in fact, have structured parking on this property and make it work. Several months ago, uh, Mr. Rogers Sr. started gathering information on this property and seeking the guidance of city leaders and probably spoke to many of you. Uh, for a proposal that encompasses what would be a hotel condo development. Uh, he submitted a, a letter of intent, and what we're gonna ask of you today is to consider, after we make this presentation, to consider providing us with a 90-day negotiation period with your city manager so that we may come back in 90 days with a detailed proposal that you may or may not like, but that would be presented to the board uh, for development of this property. We think this property can be developed prior to you all being termed out of office. We think this property can be constructed and you can go to the inauguration of this project before you're no longer here. Including, including maybe, maybe you, Commissioner Liebman. Um, our LOI proposes an outright purchase of the property for $9 million. It also proposes to replace those 30, now this parking, sort of parking lot, you have about 38 parking spaces that you rent out and you make an income. There's an income revenue out of this. We, we are proposing that we're, when we build our project, we not only are gonna have parking for our development, but we're actually gonna give you back at least 30 of those parking spaces that will belong to the city and the city can continue with its revenue stream from these parking spaces. We propose uh, that you, um, in, the, in the LOI, the basic proposal is a purchase price of $9 million and a, a 24 month uh, space within which uh, we would, number one, rezone the property, the property needs to be rezoned. No matter what you do there, the current property, the current zone does, will not give you what, what you want. So within those 24 months, we will be selling these condominiums. Now, the uh, uh, plan is to make this a hotel, and we're gonna condominiumize these hotel units. So this will be an opportunity for investors and property owners to buy a unit in the hotel. 
there will be whatever number of folio numbers. This will even create a benefit, a potential tax benefit to the city because potentially the tax city will generate more revenue from having X number of folio numbers in the terms of condo units than if you have you know, any other kind of development there. Uh, so that's our, that is in general our proposal. What I'd like to do now is uh, ask Mr. Willie Bermeo to explain his vision of what kind of building and, uh, and uh, what kind of criteria would be required in order to make this a successful development. Thank you, Simon. Willie Bermeo with address at 4711 South Lejeune Road. Mr. Mayor, Mr. Commissioners, Madam Vice Mayor, uh, I'm joined today by my partner, Agustin Barrera, uh, who's here with me, and Alex Marti. Um, the prior presenter, the other option that you're considering tonight, talked about the importance of listening. I think that was the main thrust of what Mr. Dobson conveyed today. And we're here because, in fact, we have listened. And back on November 7th, when you had a Sunshine meeting, you, the commission, you expressed your interest in seeing a couple of things that I think was perceived, at least by us, as a consensus of what you would like to see there. Number one is you'd like to see luxury condos and you'd like to see lodging. You'd like to see hotel use because it'd be beneficial to all of the residents in making Sunset Place work and making your downtown work. And a day later, you received a letter from my client, Oscar Roger, making the offer to buy the property for $9 million to develop a hotel on that, on that property. Now that hotel project is patterned after a project that we just recently broke ground on, the avenue across from Neiman Marcus in Merrick Park. And obviously the architecture style of Coral Gables has, has no place in South Miami. But it's the idea of bringing upscale lodging where you have a captive audience 24 seven dining, recreating, entertaining themselves in your downtown area. The concept of putting that property back in the tax roll. The concept of, and, and I know you heard, you know, I, I, I love Oscar and the concept of having no parking is wonderful. When you're a certain age and when you don't mind walking long distances and when you don't mind, you know, maybe the humidity of Miami uh, impacting uh, how you look. Um, but our concept is totally different. And the beautiful thing about tonight is you're hearing two very different proposals. One group that needs to do some listening, one group that has listened to you. One group that doesn't want to put any parking, we're not only putting parking, we're putting also replacement parking. Because we believe that you should not lose one single parking space. How can you tell your community that you're gonna lose parking? I mean, that doesn't, I mean, in, I don't know of any community where that sells. We think it's important in terms of what the use is. I heard the term live local. I mean, we're not talking here about densification and we're not talking about affordable housing. What we're talking about is upscale 130 units that will be condominiumized in form of ownership, but it's used, it would look, walk, talk, feel, smell like a hotel, which is what Sunset Shops needs. And that is our proposal to you. We're not there yet in that we have finally designed plans that would be presumptuous of us. But what we're coming with is a model that we have recently broke ground in Coral Gables across from Neiman Marcus, which you see in these photos here. 
and the look and feel of what we'd like to do across from Sunset Place, I think speaks about South Miami, a very modern glass and steel and metal building that is fresh, modern, and attractive. One that is iconic, that as you're driving on US-1, you will see it and you say, wow, that actually the marquee for the hotel would be on that face that you would see there, be impacting. And if we be creating the energy that we need for Sunset, we see this project as an extension of Sunset Shops. And we would work together with your planning department and with your Department of Public Works within the 90 days that Mr. Simone Federal mentioned to come back not just with the financing and the deal as the terms and conditions of that sale, and we're talking about a sale, we're not talking about a lease. So we're not the lease guys, we're not doing live work housing, we're not over densifying, we're simply talking about a hotel, 130 units where we have our parking for us and for you. Um, with that, I'd like to turn it over to Andy Porch, who will talk a little bit about the operations portion of sure. the project. And if I may just interrupt for one second. Um, Madam Vice Mayor, Mr. Mayor, um, they've reached their time at 10 minutes. I'd like to make a motion to extend five minutes. And with that said in fairness, we should give the initial group Rover an additional five minutes as, as well, if that's. No, no objection on my part. I don't have an objection no. to that. Objection. No objection. Thank you. Thank you. And sorry, before you leave, Mr. Bermet, um, you said, I forgot, 130? Be 130. And, and how large would the units be? They will vary from 550 square feet to approximately 750 square feet for the one and the two bedroom suites. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Andy Korge, owner of the Sunset Inn, located at 5852 Sunset Drive. Also, Sofla Vacations with offices at 5825 Sunset Drive. Are, are the other proposer talked today about listening to the public? I am the public. I've, lis I've, I've listened to the retailers in that downtown area and the town center area for the last two years, and they've been screaming for a hotel, a condo hotel for years and years. The downtown district is dying, and this is what it needs, feed on the street. I came down from my office yesterday, and I went down to Dr. Smooth to get my, my, my chai tea. And guess what? Dr. Smooth was closed. And I, I go around at the downtown area, and I talk to people, talk to business owners. You know, Casa Cuba, Craft, um, uh, uh, Camille's, uh, you know, on and on, La Pizza. And they all say the same thing. Notice there's no gym in that diatribe of places I visit. They all, they all <laughs> say the same thing. And what they say is we need tourists in our community. We need tourists in the downtown area. $20.8 billion in economic impact tourism to our county in 2022. 26 and a half million visitors to our community. You know where they're not going? They're not going to downtown South Miami. They're not going to the town center area because there's nowhere to, to, to put them. We've had an amazing experience as a hotel operator operating a small eight room in above a cannabis store in downtown 
South Miami in the town center district. And people love coming here. Tourists will love coming here. There's 26 and a half million that came to our community, stayed overnight. They're not coming, they didn't come to, to, downtown, to downtown South Miami. Hotels have a low impact. You know, they talk about listening to the public. We've talked to the, to the people on this dais numerous times. We've gone to the public and listened to them. You know one public that they didn't mention, which is kind of revealing to me? Remember their own family. Mr. Alex Vidia right across the street at Sunset Place. They're building a 1,500 a plus units there. They're gonna have an over 1,000 employees. If you think you can build a, a development there without parking, Boy, you're in a world of pain down the line. And if you think you can offer your parking to, to, we're building parking because we need parking. We have to have parking at that location. If there's no parking at that location, it's going to affect Sunset Place. That is their back of house, that street. So it's imperative we do that. We've done our work to this point. We are now in the final stages of negotiating a franchise agreement with the Marriott Company to flag our first property in Coral Gables, the avenue. And that will come here at Sunset in South Miami as well. I, I, all I, I want to say in, in closing, and I'll, and I'll hand it back to uh, Simon to close, is that this is what the community has been, has been you know, hammering about and been clamoring for this type of a product and we can deliver it today. We've done our due diligence. We've talked to everyone that, uh, that would listen and all of it has been positive. We're ready to get started. We've got our ducks in a row. We're not here to tell you how good we are. We're here to tell you how good of a project we're starting in the Gables and how we want to bring it here to South Miami. And I'll turn it over to assignment to close. Thank you, Andy. And uh, I'll just say that, um, again, uh, a very different project. Um, we believe that this is the, the vision that, um, that is the right vision for this property. It'll get built on time. You'll have something working there in, uh, in a very short period of time. We are, this is not a PPP. Uh, you, you, don't, you don't need to spend years developing this project um, you know, for the city. This can get uh, built in a very short period of time. What we ask of you today, and you have all authority to do so, is for you to uh, adopt a resolution that would authorize the manager to sit down with our development company for 90 days and try to work out a proposal uh, that would include a, co a potential contract for the purchase of this property. And within those 90 days, or at the end of 90 days, um, the manager would bring this report or proposal, however he wants to do it, back to the board uh, for your consideration. Um, and at that time, he can either um, say, let's move forward, or say, we don't like it, we won't move forward, you won't have, would not have lost anything except 90 days. Um, and um, you know, we think it's the right thing to do. We ask you for your consideration. Uh, we know there's gonna be questions and we're happy to answer them. Okay, thank you very much. Do you guys on Zoom wanna go first?
Do either one of you have questions? I have questions, but I'll wait to hear from the rest of the board. Well, I guess I'll go. Um, so Mr. Roger and, and company, you, you know I'm a big fan of the particular project because I think that this type of condominium hotel style will 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 do very well um, in in our in our hometown. Um, it's something that you know we 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 do have an opportunity that we are going to work on getting a lot of density in the area, but it's going to take time, and we will see businesses like Doctor Smooth unfortunately have issues. So we have to work on that. And I and I think the point that I want to make is that there's just a lot of planning that needs to happen. Um, based on the models and the, and the things that we've spoken about, uh, height, height is an issue. That's something that hasn't been resolved in the commission that we have to talk about. Um, parking is a, an issue that, you know, we've, we, it's funny because we always say that we have a lot of parking and we do currently, and, but we do know that it's going to change. We don't have a parking study. We don't, we don't know what the densities, and we're working on this not only for parking, for infrastructure, for water and sewer, for pump stations, for a lot of different things. Infrastructure-wise, we need to make sure that we can fulfill what the density is going to look like based currently on what we've been discussing uh, from a planning perspective. I don't understand what the need is of a 90-day holdout to continue to talk with staff, commission, uh, whoever may be, to come up with a plan. There's a lot of things that we need to work in parallel that we're not doing yet that we need to get there. So, uh, I, you know, so if someone can please answer to me why the need for a 90 day and I guess I'm assuming a holdout or uh, isolation of a particular project with a particular vendor um, potential sale. Why do we need to do that as a commission? If I may answer, Commissioner. Yes, of course. Um, well, first of all, the only thing that we've proposed is is through the form of a of an LOI. An LOI doesn't really have any terms on it other than the idea, you know, the basic concept of the purchase price, uh, the way that we would like to structure the deal. Um, Ninety days is really not even a very long for this kind of development. Not a long period of time. Agreed. Were you were you to grant a ninety day time period beginning today? you know that almost nothing happens in December. So there will be, you know, we, we would immediately tomorrow start talking to your city manager. But the fact is that 90, December is not a great month uh, to get a lot, a lot of things done. Um, and, and beyond that, uh, we need to talk about not only the, the, uh, the contract, Terms that possibly we're not aware of that is important to the city. Um, we uh, need to structure a format within which uh, the property would get rezoned. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts to this project, and you know we want to make sure that we we cross every T and dot every I. So now it may not take 90 days. It may take 30 days. It may take 45 days. But uh, we, we would like enough time so that the, 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 the manager and we and our staff and our professionals can not only talk about the concept, but also about the very 
many details that go into a purchase agreement. The city attorney would have to get involved. So you know, there it's more it's more than just us and and the manager. Uh, we need to talk to public works. We need to talk to your planning and zoning department. There's a lot of people that need to be brought into this discussion for us to have a finished product that we can bring uh, that, the, that the manager can bring before this board uh, during that time. Madam Vice Mayor, Mr. Commissioner, I just want to yeah. add that part of what we want to do in those 90 days is not just negotiating the definitive purchase and sale agreement of the property, but also to work with your planning department and public works so that we can attach to that purchase and sale agreement a conceptual plan that has been approved by the city in concept, even though all the zoning amendments approvals might not have yet been accomplished through the city. But at least it's important for you all when we proceed towards a closing that you know exactly the product that you're going to get at the end of the 20 or 24 months that it would take for the entire project to be built. So the, the idea of the 90 days is not just the legal carpentry and the due diligence that needs to be taking place, but also in parallel will be the development of the concept plan for your review and approval that will be part of the development agreement. No, and I appreciate that, and I, I completely understand that. I think that the problem is that we also need to go through that due diligence. I think that we have not gone through, as a commission, a full understanding of all the key points that we spoke about. So not only do you need the 90 days, but I think that we need the 90 days to fully understand what we want to do with this particular property. We need five different votes, five different ideas to come into one, hopefully, and to understand what we need. So. I don't necessarily understand, and maybe maybe Mr. and Mrs. Uh, City Attorney can quite, you know guide me on this on why is it we need to grant 90 days or not? Why isn't it, uh, don't they have the privilege or the opportunity to just start working with the city, setting up appointments um, at their discretion and just start working on details? Um, is that something that I'm missing? I'll, City go Attorney. Right. I'll go to you right after that, okay. Mr. Mayor. Com Commissioner, and speaking to the commission as a whole, I, I believe they're asking for a 90-day exclusivity period within which time we would negotiate uh, uh, some, some agreement to present to the commission as a whole to take a vote as to, to determine whether, they, whether to proceed or not based on that. That's what, they, that's what they're seeking, Do, whether we need 90 days or 45 days, or I, I would say that there are a lot of uh, commission priorities kind of on, on the deck this is and uh, with the holidays and everything I suspect it will take all of those 90 days to, to get something uh, hammered out to present to, to the commission that would be my, so my can, suspicion yeah so let me be very specific are, are they asking for an exclusivity on these 90 days to just deal with us directly yes for us to deal with them directly as opposed to shopping it out to other yes that's what they're asking for okay understood Go ahead, Mayor. I'm sorry. Mr. Mayor, oh. you wanted to go. Thank you, Madam Vice Mayor. Uh, no, I, I, I want to get back to some of the uh, comments about the project concept, which I, I want to start by saying, I think, you know, uh, what Roger Development's building in, in Coral Gables is actually quite spectacular. I think we'd be fortunate to have a similar product type here in, um, in South Miami as we would to have a project you know, sponsored by Rover and related. But I, I want to understand if they're asking for 130 units on 18,000 square feet. By my math, that's 314 units an acre. And I, I think I heard from the other party that an 82 to 103 unit condominium deal would be something that they think they could execute. 
which roughly translates to a couple hundred to 250 units an acre. So I want to understand, is my math correct? 130 units, really a density of 314 units an acre. And then by way of a second question to the architectural team, I, I, you know, one of the things that I find interesting is the um, juxtaposition by both parties about the necessity or lack of necessity with regard to parking. And I believe in Coral Gables, that concept is devoid of any parking on, on site. And it's in an, in an offsite reservoir nearby, probably within a block, which would be similar to the condition here in a similarly underutilized uh, garage at Merrick Park. So I just want to get the, a sense of what demographically about the potential purchasers of this product here in South Miami would be different than maybe the demographics of the purchasers in Coral Gables that would warrant parking to be essential here and less essential in the Coral Gables version of a similar project. If I may, if I may address the first issue, Mr. Mayor, and of course, you know, we have a very competent city attorney here. The uh, hotels are not, um, are not, the criteria for hotels does not, is not density. It's basically FAR uh, and, and height. No, we, we don't, we don't have density in our code, as a delimiter in our code, unless it's the wants to correct me. But in, ter in terms of- I'm just, just trying to draw equivalencies between what both product, I mean, my, my colleague was saying, He's concerned about more than a couple hundred units an acre by virtue of the existing precedent. So I just, I'm trying to put it in terms, you know, a relative comparison. Okay, so, I understand. so but, okay, so I, but, but, but again, the, when you talk so about correct. Units, you, uh, we, we, you would not have a density of that 300 some, it's basically FAR and, uh, and, uh, and height that determines, uh, you know, the hotel, uh, the hotel experience. Um, okay, just two comments, Mr. Mayor. Um, in a hotel operation, the sweet spot is around 120 keys for a select service. So that's kind of like the area that we want to be hovering around in our conversations with, with Andy. Number two, in the city of Coral Gables, we went to the city with actually two proposals. One with parking and an 11-story building, and one without parking, and it was a seven-story building. And the city asked us, we love both designs, but we would love to see if you could lower the bulk by simply parking remotely across the street. So we gave them two options, with and without parking. We were fine to do it with parking, but they preferred without parking, and that's the one that we currently have, and it's the design that you currently see. So that's, that was the scenario with uh, the City Fathers in Coral Gables. Thank you for that clarification, Mr. Romeo. But on the same point, I mean, one of the concerns that you heard referenced is, you know, our maximum height without bonuses at Sunset Place. That comes into play in terms of a live local analysis is 12 stories. So I, I think the proposal would get an excess of 12 stories. That's something I think that Commissioner Kaya was referring to probably would require us to do some initial analysis. But so so would it be possible to execute a concept that you're proposing with offsite parking? Uh, or is, the, is it absolutely essential for the execution slash viability of this project, unlike Coral Gables, because of some intrinsic difference in South Miami whether it's the locational advantage of Coral Gables or the demographics of the buyers that would make an offsite parking execution prohibitive for you all. So uh, to, to answer that, in, in this area of Coral Gables, the parking provided for us and that option that the city preferred us to go through is immediately across the street. So in a, in a setting where we have it immediately across the street, I think it would still work. Uh, is it something that we would recommend? Ideally, not people like to have it 
even closer. They don't want to wonder where their parking might be. Um, and there was pushback when we were working with Merrick Park in terms of designated <laughs> parking spaces. And normally, you know, people like to know where their parking is going to be. So it's an issue. Right now, the project as designed is 18 stories. So we, we would use those 90 days with you to see if, in fact, the 19 stories is a problem and we have to be within 12. We will adjust the size and then, obviously, everything at then is in flux. We've offered $9 million for the property, assuming we can do an 130 uh, uh, unit hotel on that site. If it's less, well, then there'll be an adjustment working with you. But we currently have it at 18 stories. Uh, I don't think it's, it's over high. If you look at all the rapid transit development along US-1, I mean, the average height of the tall towers are in the 30-story range. Mayor, we don't, we don't, I think it's a body. We don't have any, any objection to the height, obviously. The concern here is the ability from the, for them to take the density envelope approved here and transport it elsewhere, for example, on 62nd Avenue, adjacent to single-family residential, where that juxtaposition is less appropriate. That's, that's a concern related to live local, given the statutory preemptions and why we had to design a very elaborate um, zoning scheme for Sunset Place with a 12-story base height. But but I, I, your point's well taken. I think you know the height contextually would not be incongruous with the area. It's just a matter of how we execute it. Commissioner Legion would like to say something. And actually, directly to uh, the mayor, I th thank you for bringing up those points. One is the height could be structured similar to uh, Sunset Place, where it's a 12 base, paying for in incentives uh, to 18 or whatever that number uh, may be. Um, additionally, Coral Gables is, is overparked, and here we only have one parking garage, and following Sunset Place, Sunset Place is going to be a driver and stimulate the entire area. You're going to see a lot of transition with a lot more development, a lot of transition with all the other shops. I think we can all agree on that, which I think will also be a driver for parking. So my concern is is assigning those parking spots or monopolizing however many spots they are. As I mentioned, Sunset Place isn't going to be able to accommodate the 669 monthly rentals that they currently have. They're going to look for places to park as well. So yeah, the parking on site is is important to me. And if we're making a yeah, 50, 100-year decision. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but on, on your point, is your concern to have all the parking on site? or Because I believe the proposal that they've submitted provides a hybrid some limited number on site and some parked in the in our garage. I may be mistaken in my recollection. It, at least at least no. some parking. Okay. No. Sorry. Wait. They're they're answering you. Sorry. Let, let's let them answer. All our parking would be on site. Okay. That, that's not I mean that's not that's news to me, but that's okay. Great. I, I appreciate that clarification. Okay. Another clarification. Wait, not, uh, sorry. Wait, are, are you are you done, Mr. Mayor? I am. Yes. Thank okay. you. Sorry for the interruption. No, no. To, Ambassador, it's a very ambitious timeline. I'm out of office in 11 months and counting. So, I, and we're already yeah, going to back up to 90 days or three months. But um, maybe it should be approved before uh, the Vice Mayor and Commissioner Kaye are um, are uh, out of office. So. This commission's very familiar. You heard me say it tonight, sorry for being redundant, about my tremendous preference of condominiums over um, over rentals. And should there be rentals? Me, I believe I share this with the 
uh, Vice Mayor, we want that to be as luxurious and high-end as possible. And I know you didn't mention workforce, but since this is interactive listening, not interested especially in that, uh, especially in that location. Um, but one thing this commissioner hasn't heard me say, which I said when I was running for office, is I wanted a hotel in, uh, in South Miami. And, and why did I want a hotel? One of the reasons I was dead wrong about. But um, I used to say that if we had a hotel in South Miami, I believed that that hotel was limited to guests of the university and guests of South Miami Hospital would be booked year, year round. Um, and there was no other product in the area. Now this was pre-thesis, uh, which essentially has become a lot of student housing. But, um, and the community's changed and there's a lot, and there's a lot more uh, demand. But one of my motivations, and what I love about hotels is it puts feet in the street, people aren't dining at home, like to shop, bring gifts home, would really help support our restaurants and, and retailers. But one of the things I was wrong about is I thought we could get a bed tax in South Miami. I believe that's only limited to the beach, maybe city of Miami, I'm not sure, but the beach and the, uh, and the county. So, I happen to love the model. The other thing, and I'm, knows I'm familiar with this model, I invest in this model, but um, uh, the other thing is, is, is le we're saying it's a condo hotel, but legally anyone that wanted to buy and live there could year-round. Is that correct? Well, it, it, it could be. Uh, it all depends on uh, restrictions, if any, uh, that would be placed. Uh, remember, you have to have a condominium declaration uh, which would control the operations of the actual unit uh, in terms of, uh, of the, the, the ownership. Um, it really all depends on what restrictions can be placed uh, on, the, uh, uh, on the units. Um, it could be that anybody can submit uh, their unit to the rental mix um, at any given time. Uh, and there, it could also be that, you know, obviously anybody who wants to live there can live there full time, or it could be that you can only you can't live there more than for X number of time, a, a period of time. So it that's something that would be within the 90 days uh, we could uh, discuss and and see how it works in terms of uh, what the city wants. Uh, but you have a lot of options in terms of can you live there? How long can you live there? Can't you live there? Um, and that's something that you know we at this point are open to. We're not we're not a uh, uh, you know, under any uh, uh, assumptions that uh, it's going to be one way or the other. Okay, and then I know it's just conceptual now, but and I, I'm looking at the rendering. There'd obviously be a ramp, um, right? It's a limited site. Would there be any retail on the first floor? Would it be framed? Would there be a restaurant to support the hotel? Just like we have in uh, the Avenue in Coral Gables, our idea is to have a small retail space, approximately some 5,000 square feet, food and beverage on, 70, on 71st. Uh, 58th, unfortunately, and, and we haven't yet seen the plan for Sunset Place and the new plans, but we are, have been told, like it has in the past, that it will continue being a lot of back of house. Um, so our, our idea will be to work with the city and to work with Sunset Place to make sure that our projects are, uh, complement each other, but we're, we're anticipating that the east-west connector 71st will be the retail, the amenity, the wider sidewalks, the outdoor cafe to establish the front entrance to the hotel, and, and that the driveway entrance into the garage, the emergency generators, the FPL ball will be on 58th. 
Commissioner Corey. Thank you very much, Madam Vice Mayor. And this question is somewhat directed to um, uh, this presentation, but just generally speaking, uh, I do have my concerns with parking. I am open to selling the lot. It's definitely not a huge preference of mine to sell city property. And of course, if we are doing that, in my mind, there would have to be a strong public benefit with that. Now, I do believe hotels serve a public benefit, particularly to our hometown district with like you, like uh, Commissioner Liebman mentioned, and as you stated as well, uh, the particular uh, people who would be there would definitely patronize our restaurants. They would have no other option but to buy our food and shop at our stores. Um, they certainly wouldn't have the same parking requirements and parking is a major concern. We might be adding 2,000 units to the hometown district. It's not a very large place and we certainly don't want parking to creep into the residential neighborhoods. It's a concern of theirs both with traffic and parking. Um, my concern is making sure that we find one, that public benefit and the highest and best use for this. Maybe shame on us for not being more creative up until this point and having people come to us with ideas. Both of these ideas are better use, but are they the highest use? Um, and on top of that, I just wanted to see with the rest of the commission and perhaps with the applicants if, you know, we're doing something similar on this property, um, City Hall, but we're sending it out to RFQ and RFP. And I think that's an extremely responsible thing to do with public, public land. And is everybody here comfortable with doing a deal, let's just say, with one particular applicant rather than going to RFQ? And if we did go to RFQ, would all the applicants here, I believe I heard related, would be interested in applying? Would that be something you would apply for? Is that going to convolute um, the process at this point? My general question as well to the commission, is everybody comfortable with doing this deal directly? Or would they be more comfortable doing something similar to what we're doing with, um, with City Hall? Do you want us to answer you first? Or uh, sure. Can, well, maybe the applicant who's standing there feel bad. So yeah, go ahead. Well, if the question is, would we participate in a, in a public bid? It, it really depends on what the public bid is for. Um, you know, it, uh, our experience with public bids is, and maybe some of yours, is that some will just take forever or not take place at all. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there, you know, you, you may have great ideas floating around. You may have a lot of meetings to discuss, you know, what the future is. And, and again, all of a sudden you're out of office and nothing ever got done. Um, our, our idea and our vision, which we hope you share, is the, this place is a hotel. Um, and, uh, and, a, and a condo hotel is just is, is gravy uh, to, to, to the issue because, again, it, it most probably will be more beneficial for your tax base if you have, you know, these units condominiumized than if it's just a hotel. Um, so that's, that, we believe, is right here. It's a, it's a tangible project. It's something that I, I think, from what I've heard, uh, people want. Um, and you don't have to go through, and by the way, you have the authority to, to avoid a, a, a more complicated process and actually do what we're proposing that you do. We're not asking for you to do anything you're, you can't do. Um, and and this, your city attorney is here, your, your city manager, you know, two people who are highly qualified to sit down with anybody, but we're hoping it's with us, uh, for a limited amount of time and then come back to you in 90 days and give you a report. And the report might be hopefully a very positive report 
and may lead to something else. Or the report might say, yeah, you know, we're not, we couldn't reach agreement satisfactorily to the manager uh, and to the city attorney. And, and then you have all your options open anyway. So that's, that's why we're here. That's why we're proposing this very tangible idea that if, again, the pleasure of the board, uh, if you think it's a good idea like we do, give us a shot at it. Madam Vice Mayor, I, I think I think it's probably I would say time for us to kind of bring this for a close. Uh, and yes, I, I, but, I, but we had promised right. them five minutes. No, we did. I think we've given them the additional no, no, five. The, oh, the, you, group, the party. Yes. My, my apologies. My apologies. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. In the five minutes that you have afforded us, I want to make a very succinct point. What they're asking for is no competition, exclusive negotiations, while you have a reputable, proven developer sitting right here prepared to also offer you a proposal to purchase your property. That's what they're asking for. If it's going to be 90 days, why does it have to be only them? They've already told you the $9 million is in flux if the property can't be built with 18 stories. Why can't you have another developer also at, during the same period of time provide you with a project for you to consider? Because after the 90 days or whatever time frame it is, and they don't reach a deal with you, you're now 90 days behind. So what we're asking for, whatever time frame you want us to work within, in order to provide you with a proposal for that property, with the insight that we have gotten today, we're prepared to do it. So they're asking for no competition, exclusive dealings, Go with their proposal. They called us proposers. We haven't proposed a project yet. We did go through the RFQ process just right now. You know who we are. You know who they are. You know our experience. You know their experience. Now you want us all to sharpen our pencils and bring you something that you can work on. And not simply say, I'm going to give it to one group to exclusively, with zero competition, with you having no idea whether or not you're getting the highest and best use of the property or the highest and best price on the property, just go with them. That's what's being asked of you today. And we're just saying competition could yield a better result. Thank can, you. Can I ask you something? I, Mr. Dobbs. Mr. Dobbs. I, if you were seemingly aware of what's happening, why wouldn't you have come with an idea? You do, I mean, you have a long-standing relationship with the city. You currently are working on what is likely the biggest project um, related is working oh. on it. And so we already are your partner. And you know us, you could have reached out to any one of us, not you particularly, your group. And I just wonder why you didn't. You're, at, you're assuming 
you're assuming that there were no conversations prior to today. In fact, we became aware of the LOI. Within a short period of time, we became aware this is put on an agenda for today. We do work during December. And the reason we're here today is because we did hear that this is on the agenda today. A proposal for exclusive negotiation without competition. Asking you for 90 days to come back with an actual deal. And we're simply saying, if you think that's okay, we're prepared to meet it. I know, but I don't feel like you just answered my question. I, apologies if I didn't no, no, I, I said explain you myself. We did not have conversations. Well, and you, we did. you didn't have them with me. I did not. No, did nobody not. had them with me. I I have a relationship with people I, that work related. I just wonder. I it's, it's my question, and I think it's a fair question to ask. Being a partner with the city in various things, why wouldn't you have? I, you don't have to answer it. Okay. You can say I assumed whatever, and fair enough. You can. You can assume whatever you'd like. I just think it's interesting that here I am. Yeah, we assumed that there would be a process. We assumed the city would have a process and not simply grant exclusive negotiation without competition and trying to figure out what the best price and the highest and best use of the property might be. And we're prepared to participate in that process. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh. You know, uh, Sorry, Mr. Dobson. Yeah. So you said you ha have had conversations. Please share those conversations and how long they've been going on. I'll let the client uh, share with you the conversations they've had and well, the due please. diligence that they've done. Yeah, please. When did these conversations start? We were made aware of the other proposer's LOI. Approximately two weeks ago, we've had conversations. I've had conversations with the manager. I've had conversations with the mayor. And we just wanted to put our, our best foot forward and, and let you know that we are willing, able, um, and just ask for a, con a concurrent process so we could all put our best foot forward, ultimately in the best interest of the city and of the residents of the city. Uh, well, we're, we're prepared to do that, and we just like to be afforded that, that opportunity. Okay, so nothing, no conversations with any representative of the city prior to two weeks ago? No. Okay. Yeah. I know it was said that the vice mayor made an assumption, but I, I, I take issue with that because we're all, everyone here works uber hard and everyone's very available. And um, yeah, I don't believe the vice mayor made an assumption. I believe she stated fact when she said she was never contacted because I know I was never contacted. And your team reaches out to me regularly and I respond quite promptly. As long as it's by phone, not by email. <laughs> but so, okay, thank you. Perfect. We're just asking for a shot. Certainly. Thank you. Do we have any more questions for either group? No? Okay, so would we like to discuss the possibility of the 90 days that have been requested? Madam Vice Mayor, if I could just throw in a thought, because I. Yeah. Um, so I, here's my here's my concern about this project generally. Um, I've had four meetings with um, representatives from the Roger Group. Um, it took a long time to get to the current offer that they have in front of us. Uh, I'd say I played no substantial part in helping improve the economic terms that we offered, which were just not defensible 
in my opinion, initially. Um, I think you've got, they're, they're a very competent team. Uh, my last meeting with them before we finally got to, I think, what are terms that are in the realm of real conversation, I, I said to them the following. I said, you know, we all have limited time. And my concern with this project is that it's, it could be a fantastic project, but it's a project that frankly represents, because the time any project takes, uh, a substantial distraction from, I think, what is our shared priority, which uh, relative to this one, which is getting City Hall done. And you know it's going to take our concerted time and effort over the next three months to get that project to a place where we can actually solicit proposals for something that's going to generate, you know, I'd say easily, if nine million dollars is the ceiling that the Roger Group is offering, we're probably talking three to six times that amount of money, prospectively, that we would see from a prospective city hall redevelopment if it's executed properly. So I, I and I think you know if we focus on that, I think a lot of the questions and uncertainties. Uh, that could translate into a request for qualifications or some other solicitation or a dual track negotiation with both parties here who are equally capable of executing a project could quickly evolve thereafter because what I think we need to decide on is how are we going to execute entitlements on a project on two projects where we want value city hall first in my opinion and this one second in a way that's not going to open up Pandora's box from an entitlement perspective for us to see a rash of live local applications that will try to avail themselves of these entitlements in places that are far less appropriate for density. And so I, I think, you know, uh, a, fo a concerted focus on city hall in the short term, an entitlement regime, which we need to figure out for that part parcel as well, will probably help kind of pave or, you know, identify a path for us then to really kind of put in front of both parties. Here's what we're looking at in terms of a, uh, a, a model for achieving, let's just say 18 stories, since that's the project that's in front of us, uh, on what kind of economic terms or conditions, right? Whether it's some form of public benefits, cash payments for bonuses, so we can get to that kind of an envelope, FLR, et cetera. Um, and I, and I, I'm just afraid that if we put this cart in front of the other horse, we're gonna um, deprioritize a project that's frankly much more important. That's it. I'd like to see us do something on this site sooner rather than later. But again, I four meetings of, of our time, my time certainly on this, um, you know, significant amount of time thinking about laying out the terms, which I think in some measure are reflected uh, in the proposal that Mr. Roger finally put forward with Mr. Korge. But I, you know, I, I just I don't have the bandwidth personally to work on a dual track basis on this project at the level where I'm going to feel comfortable where we're going to get the kind of value I think we deserve on this site. Um, I'd rather have the work at City Hall inform the process here going forward. Those are my thoughts. I, I have a question for you. Do we not feel that our staff is capable of doing both of these at the same time? Is, is that what we're saying? I'm not I'm not arguing, no, I'm not, agreeing, not, or disagreeing. Not, I just don't, I'm trying to get clarification. You know, our, our, our staff is incredibly capable. It's not a comment on them, yeah. but it is a comment on their ability and our collective ability to do these two incredibly significant things at the same time. And I think, you know, um, notwithstanding how hard we all work, because I know you all put in the time, you know, it's, 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 this is not, we're not talking, we're talking about, you know, City Hall is a generational project, right? Sunset Place 
is a generational project. I think the best example I can highlight for you is notwithstanding the best of our intentions, you know, we have competent staff helping us on the Sunset Place entitlements and Mr. Rescue, Mr. Rango, our third party consultants. And you saw how that impacted the timeline on the rezoning analysis that we were doing for the balance of our town center, right? I think that just illustrates the challenge in, in terms of bandwidth that we are going to struggle with. We are a small municipality. Uh, on a project like this, I don't think it can support cost recovery like we will at City Hall uh, because the deal is not, the deal is, it's a nice deal, but it's not a large deal. And so I wouldn't wanna burden the economics of this project with making, you know, uh, a respondents pay for, you know, um, additional time and energy so we could build up our capacity. I, and I think quite honestly, the conflicts, the zoning conflicts that are present in any proposal, whether related or Rover, or the combination of the two and or Roger, are going to want to see to kind of realize, you know, a minimum yield on this property that makes a deal executable is going to require us to spend some time thinking about what the entitlement regime, regime looks like. And, and neither party right now has the answer because we haven't really spent, I guess Commissioner Kaye noted, the time to think about how we want to resolve those potential conflicts. I think City Hall, the envelopes we're talking about are not too dissimilar. And so I would just say, let's start with that as the as the, as the the project that informs what we'll end up doing on this site, right? Because those conflicts will be resolved by their nature there. And I think once we get that right at City Hall, the RFQ, RFP, or direct negotiations process for this parcel could follow fairly quickly. I'm, I'm gonna ask our city attorneys a question, if, unless you guys wanna say something else first. Is that good? <coughs> if I understand correctly, we're working on the city hall ideas, what have you, right now, correct? Yes. Okay, and we hope to have those ironed out by the end of this month, if not, very beginning of next month. So when you say the ideas, so we have an interlocal agreement that we're working yes. on with the county. Mm -hmm. And That's then uh, running right behind that is uh, an RFQ that we will be issuing, that we intend to issue in January. Um, to That will require some, you know, like an evaluation process for the, mm -hmm. for the responses. There will be yes. some, some period of time where, there, where we're waiting for responses. And then we will receive those responses and then work through an evaluation process to select a short list. Then that will quickly be followed by an RFP process. Okay, and where does the zoning fall in in this process? So the zoning is gonna run outside of that mm -hmm. um, on its own. Uh, so the last schedule that we had looked at was approximately January through March, that first quarter is all of the public workshops that are required for the comprehensive plan amendment. But Madam Vice Mayor, if I just make an yes. inter interject here on this point to clarify. What I'm trying to say is to get to the P, so we can actually get to proposals that are about terms and finances. With respect to that process, whatever we do with the rest of the city, we're gonna have to inform that solicitation with what the envelope's gonna look like and what the terms that we're thinking about for them to get to those heights, right? just like we did with Sunset Place. It took myself and Mr. Rescio and all of us a lot of time to figure out a bonus structure that did not open up Pandora's yep. box for the local. I, I agree. That's, that's, the part, that's the part that I think we can get to, you know, local getting done and approved by the county. 
we can get the queue process of that process getting finalized. But to inform the P so we can actually get the hard dollars and cents, we have to tell the public what we expect and on what terms we expect that development to happen, right? Because yes. it's going to affect the it's going to affect the financial performer they're going to send us. Absolutely, look, and that's what I'm trying. Out. I'm sorry. Let let me just finish, and then I'll, I'll come to you. Um, that that's what I am trying to get to. It, if what we're saying is this holds while we figure it out for City Hall, which we feel is a bigger fish, then what does that timeline look like? Because are we holding? For three months, are we holding? For six months, are we holding indefinitely? What we, if, if we're saying as a group we're holding, then we have to be able to say for how long. Because I think it's, I think it's at least a March conversation, Madam Vice Mayor. In okay. my mind, that's a what we March were talking about. I, I apologize, Vice Mayor. I did not understand what you were trying to get at. But yes, it's, it is about March. We should have it pretty solidified as to what we are going to. It won't be, a, it won't be adopted. At that point, we have to go through a process to adopt it. Mm -hmm. It won't actually be adopted till uh, till late summer, uh, because it has to go be sent to transmitted to uh, several state agencies and, and regional agencies. But we'll have solidified more or less what it, what it's going to be, uh, what you guys will be will be um, uh, considering. And that will be about March. And then we're saying we would essentially adopt swaths of that to cover this so we'd have like a hybrid like a baby between city hall and downtown somi we'd find a way to fit the envelope for this area right it would be that it would it would basically be the map that mr alvarez shared with mm -hmm. us in the sunshine meeting a few hours yep. ago uh but with some meat on it as to what that means what all of those those monikers mean um and that would all be fleshed out by about by about late march okay gotcha Commissioner Kaye. No, I, I think that um, I, I think that was my point in the beginning when we first started talking about that is we do have to do a lot of due diligence on our part and it, it's going to take a little bit of work. So that was my point. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, and I told I told Mr. Roger this um, and I love the product. It's it's really determining how much work we want to do and how much we can actually get for the city and determining that where it takes a lot of due diligence on our part versus rewarding them for coming first. Uh, and, and essentially that's really what, what it comes down to. And I think that in the best, best, um, the best value for our constituents would be to let's take a step back and really figure out what we can do with that and then try to solicit competition so we can understand what we can get there. Thank you. Do you have anything, Mr. Corey, Commissioner Corey? You're very quiet today. <laughs> so, Commissioner Legion. Yeah, I. I don't know why these city hall and this item can't work together in in concert in in tandem, and I don't really see the risk in a forty you know hybrid forty five days. You know, it's the holidays. Government can usually move quicker, and uh, it doesn't mean we have to accept the proposal. We can always vote the proposal down. We, at the end of the day, the body of five votes in favor or against an item. So it would be our city attorney and mayor, so that we'd be engaged in the process. But it'd be the city attorney and the city manager and the and the development group. And uh, there's also nothing to say that that the other group can't also. Um, make a proposal during the same time period. 
um, maybe it's not a level playing field because the other group started started earlier. But I believe that's that's ample time, um, especially right, you met the RFQ with your background. I think it's something that they'd be able to do. And then ultimately, it's up to the commission. It's it's not a this isn't a we're not voting today to accept one project or or the other or not. And I, I personally like to keep the ball moving forward. And also, I personally, not saying there's not enough, I said this in the Sunshine meeting, I'm not saying there's not another developer, I'm not saying there's another, another operator, but I, I personally believe that this is the best use for the site. And the commission knows me, you know, I'm very familiar with this, uh, with this model. You can see the benefits with parking, and I'm not saying someone else can't build it, but with the hotel in the area, I know that uh, I've had conversations with the proprietor of Sunset Place, and they are absolutely in favor of, of uh, this type of project. They see it as a complimentary project, and even, there's, even if Sunset Place has a hotel, which they plan to do, they don't see a second hotel as, as competition. They see it as, as complimentary. So um, I'm not, my own life, I procrastinate, but up here, I, I, I do not and I always want to move as quickly as possible because government doesn't move that quickly. So you has to push, and again, I know we're up against the holidays, but we have momentum. I don't see any reason to, to slow it down. So you're, you're proposing instead of 90 days, what? 45, just to appease the commission, and both groups can negotiate in, in concert. And again, so at the end of the day, it comes to the commission. You're talking about dual track negotiations, Commissioner? I'm just not understanding. Certainly, I'm trying to engage, build consensus here, and we could, we could be a similar model, 12 base plus uh, plus incentives. I think there's momentum. We all agree it's not the best use surface parking lots, although that does generate revenue and provide parking. It also generates a, a lot of heat. It's um, we all agree it's sort of an odd shape, location, and. Uh, I would, I would like to keep the momentum moving forward. And you're saying- And now with this, you, you know, this is my opinion on all of our projects. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think it's a great project. Um, Rover related group can come up with a similar proposal. I, I don't know if you have another idea. I just don't see the reason to, to slow this down. These conversations have been ongoing, at least with one party for a long time. And I think we have, I think we have momentum. And maybe, I mean, maybe one thing we're not thinking about is, I, I know parties, the market's a fragile market, right? Finance market, real estate, maybe not, maybe it's unique here in, in Miami. Um, but uh, maybe one of the groups has a limited pool and if it's not this site, it's another site. So, and then maybe we, we lose that opportunity. I think we have two interested parties, and I don't see any reason to to put it off. But that that's just me. All right. So, do we vote yes or no on the forty-five concurrent, like dual track? Yeah, really, just trying to build yeah consensus. See what um, see what the rest of the commission thinks. I, I I heard what you said. I'm just suggesting another another option. So then they would submit based on what we have now plus this revision to the code? 
and then we'd have to work backwards. Right. Ultimately, I'm. Uh, Commissioner, just on your point, would you, you had mentioned before some, an aversion to a, a particular density. So are you looking at yes. something that would be the equivalent of 200 units an acre? Well, I mean, we'd have to give some direction to what Certainly. We want to and the other, the other thing is, right, the offer would be contingent upon that zoning from either party or more. It would be contingent upon that offer being, um, sorry, it would be contingent upon the commission approving such such zoning. Um, but there's, there's two, there's more than I'm not, the attorney, land use, but we could do the 12 similar to Sunset Place, the 12 base plus bonuses for height. Um, and we already have, across from City Hall, we already have an existing precedent for 196 units per acre approved. So some hybrid without opening Pandora's box with, with live work. I, I believe we're all on the same page as far as that's concerned, right? That's. Yeah, I. I my only thing is, I, I don't want this to be like high, like a high, high density. I, I don't see that there. I just don't think it, that tiny little triangle can support massive amounts of movement, especially considering one of those is a service road. And the back of the house. And back, exactly. It's a, it's a service road. It, so it's. it's but just, just, to, just to kind of give you both, I mean, my, my rough math, at 200 units an acre, you're talking about a maximum of 82 units. At 250, it's 103. Uh, the 130 translates by my math to 300 and 303 says the city. 315 units, 303 units an acre, 315. Hmm. So, so I mean that's the ranges. Now, now we we heard from Ms. Romeo we need 120 keys to attract a limited or select service hotel to the site or, or flag. So. Um, you know, again, there, there are a lot of questions here. I don't have the answers, frankly. And, you know, I, I think, you know, um, as I have been before on the City Hall project, I'm more concerned about picking the right partner than I am about necessarily um, figuring out the deal on the front end. I think with a good partner, you figure out a fair deal. Um, and I think we need to send the market a message as to what we want before we can really start to negotiate um, you know, exact terms, I, you know, I think we, we have a deal here that could be a great deal potentially, but I think the deal does not reflect a calibration for um, the economics that we'll have to impose upon the project to kind of allow them to achieve the extra envelope. I'm not sure what those restrictions or requirements are going to be, but they are going to translate into some probably reduction against the fair market value. And that's, you know, what I'm suggesting we study before we before we um, embark on a full-fledged negotiation with either party. And who does this study? Does anyone know that answer? Because we keep talking about this elusive person who does this study. We, we, we did it in the context of Sunset Place, right? I think we need to do it in the context of, I, I think with City Hall, we'll have to do the same analysis to get to a point where we could send the same, I think, the analysis is probably similar for both properties, which is why I think, you know, if we want, I, I would suggest we go to an RFQ, right? Open this up for both parties present, other parties to, to submit their qualifications. And then within three months, we should have a sense about how we think we can get to authorizing uh, densities, FAR, an envelope that we think is defensible against uh, a live local act of potential submission. 
I, I'm gonna go kind of back to where I was a second ago. Who is this elusive we? Are you this elusive we? Who, who figures this out? Is it Mark? It's a, okay. it's a so planning study, yeah. Is, is it not something that we are engaged in currently? I, I believe some of that is his analysis for these, these comprehensive plan amendments that he's going to be come back to you with. Okay. But that's, that's what's going to happen between now and March is he's formulating that and then it'll get refined and as we go through the process. You know, I, I don't know if that's specifically the study that, that the mayor is, uh, is mentioning, but there will be some level of analysis in terms of what how this, whatever changes to density and changes to height, changes to envelope, uh, how that translates into like an impact on the market. Okay, and has, I, I, I think I've asked this before, but I can't remember the answer. Do we have an appraisal for this property currently? Not that I know of. Uh, so we, we don't even have an idea. We do not have an appraisal at the moment. That's also based on that's also based on zoning, right, use? So Absolutely, B based on what's on there now, it's SR with, uh, with hometown district, so it allows 24 units per acre. So for this site, you're looking at uh, roughly 14 units. Very different from the 130 that they're proposing. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I just have one more thing to say about this. And, and mind you, I'm, I'm probably the one with the most outside view of this, I would say, of the whole group. And that is, do we still need to do an RFQ when we've got two very competent groups right here in front of us? We literally, as per their council, just did their RFQ. Um, so would we, I understand what you're saying about timing. I, that's why I'm trying to wrap my head around it so that we have something that isn't particularly comfortable for us, but we have to find you know, kind of a spot in the middle. And I say going then in March to an RFQ to then go to an RFP, guess what? It, it, that, that doesn't, I could have had a kid in the amount of time this will take us. And so, while I understand that I think we need seemingly more time, I think that to say we're going to push it out three to then push it out another three to then push it out another three, people push Madam it. Madam Vice Mayor, we, we, we can just simply open up the process and let anybody else who's interested put out a, a, a letters of interest, put out minimum qualifications that we want to see certified parties, and then wait till we have the study. And if we want to have multi-party negotiations, I'm, I'm fine with that as well. I think my only concern is you know, we can spend a lot of time negotiating a deal, but we don't know how we're going to get to allowing these folks to build what they would like to build on the site. And until we do that, kind of agreeing to economic terms is a little bit illusory, right? They don't they don't know what they're going to be able to really pay us until that gets hashed out further. Okay, so do, do we think it would be fair to have Mark kind of fast track this the same way that he did for... Tony's saying it's going to take comp plan uh, amendments. Yes, yeah, it, it, it will take comprehensive plan amendments. Um, so I want to just temper your <laughs> the, the speed um, mm -hmm. at which it would go. Uh, if, if it is separated from the, from the other efforts and the other effort will lag behind, 
at some point, this is small enough that it could proceed as a small-scale amendment, very similar to the CVS mm -hmm. site. Um, the only catch is that might delay the rest of it. So um, at a certain point, you know, we're, we're trying to do like an area-wide comprehensive plan. That's why yep. it will take as long as it will take. So I just caution you, that's a policy okay. decision. We can do that. I just wanted you to know what the ramifications are. Then what do you consider, knowing what you know, what the mayor has said, and the groups that we have before us, what is your not comfortable suggestion on time, more aggressive suggestion so, on time? Because, you know, I, I feel like we, we collectively as in the universe love to take time. Sure. What about a hotel or condo hotel district? The question, or the proper one. Second is um, we already have a precedent or a template in place. I know that Sunset Place is its own zoning district, but in terms of live work, 12 baseline, why can't we just use the same, apply the same formula? 12 baseline, pay up for six, six more floors to 18, and at the end of the day, the net price is the same. You follow me? I, hypothetically, half a million to get, just this, hypothetically to get from 12 to 18. So the price would then, again, hypothetically, 8.5 plus five. It's the same thing, just math. Sure, you, you could apply the same bonus structure. I, I, right, I, I, I don't, yeah, that's I don't want to overcomplicate. Um, well, to some extent, there, there is a little bit of complication in terms of how you would qualify for mm -hmm. said bonuses. Remember, it w with Sunset Place, we had, uh, you know, you, you needed a minimum of 10 acres. Th there were a lot of, of limitations uh, put in place so that it couldn't be easily replicated because that was kind of the point, right? right. So we'd, we'd have to figure those out. I'm not saying we couldn't figure those out, uh, you know, um, but it's more about the comprehensive plan change is m more, m more my concern. Because yeah. we can, I, I think you're right. We, you know, lock ourselves up in a room, figure it, like hammer it out, right? But the, the then implementing it, once we've done that is, where, you know, to some extent, it will have an impact on the the rest of that map that we're that we're trying to change as well. So I just yes. I just want to be clear about that, and that, you know, um, so that we, you know we're not facing a, a longer delay on that end, you know, because we did this, and so I just wanted to make that yeah no. And so if we clear. if we didn't put this cart as the mayor was saying before the other horse. Mm -hmm. And we said, okay, we're going to push, push, push this, but it's going to stay with the rest of it. Then we're looking at six months. Um, yeah, because Mark is saying March, and then we go through. What if we know, if we know by March, I mean, this could come into focus earlier. So if, let's say, if you were to, to um, I mean, you wanted an aggressive timetable, and I'm going to. Yeah, more aggressive than I'm riding a bicycle from Lily, here to Miami Beach. going to kick me under the table very yeah. soon, <laughs> but you know. Uh, potentially before March, earlier than March, like, you know, late January, early February, we could start getting kicked for moving. Sure. I for sure I'm going to get kicked. It's going to hurt. Um, but the, um, we could conceivably be looking at whatever process you wanted to move forward with this because we'd have at least a little more focus as to, as to what we're going to do here. Doing. You know, and, and it would just, it would travel along. Now, all of that would be contingent upon everything passing. Exactly. You know, which Excellent. wouldn't happen till late summer. But if you wanted to like advance the ball like that, that, um, that that's a that's a potential way to do it. Does that sound amenable I, to you guys? I, I think mean, Commissioner Corey wanted to say something. Like you want to say know. something? I do. I'm sorry. I just 
I, I feel like, you know, this deal was brought to us. We're clearly, we're in the process of planning out our, our downtown. We're somewhat unprepared to handle the deal. A competitor joined because someone over there watches sunshine meetings, poor soul. So that two weeks ago, they found out about this. We open this up for RFQ. We give 60, 90 days for some, for people to submit letters of interest, letters of intent with us. We get potentially more applicants, more interesting ideas for what to do there. And in the process, we come up with exactly what we want to do in this area to put into an RFP. So why wouldn't we give ourselves that time? What's the sense of urgency that we have right now that we have to push this forward right now? The other applicant didn't even have enough time to bring a full plan to us. So I feel like it's not it's not really necessarily the responsible thing for us to do to rush this at this time. So I would be in favor of a motion. I, I'll make a motion that we send this to RFQ, open up the period for you know uh, 60 days, uh, get applicants, get closer to the period where we're ready to put the RFP out, put an RFP clearly stating what we want, and then we'll have better ideas that come to us, more than one. So then... That, that, that's what I keep trying to kind of circle around to. What are we looking at time-wise? Because, like I said, we have two groups sitting here waiting for us yeah. to say, we're doing A, B, and C. And we, we're, we're talking through this, which I think is great, but I think we need to kind of say, okay, like, like Tony just said, hey, we should have something together so we can at least conceptually start to put something out mid-January before he gets beaten. Um, but then that's why I'm saying I'm, I'm trying to, to get an idea because I, I think to say we're going to do it or we should wait or we should this, I, I think if we force ourselves to have some kind of realistic time frame that's not a lollygagging kind of time frame that I, I seem to think government loves, um, then we should do that. It, we do. We do it. Government but loves it. In, in this case, if we rush this, we're rushing the zoning for the entire commercial core. I think we're, we're relatively where we want to be for most of the commercial core. I think it's trying to figure out kind of what we want to do here. Because I, I think, I, am I wrong when I say I think we have a pretty good handle on what we kind of want for the most no. part? I don't think we do, personally speaking. I think, we're, I think we've got a lot of work to do. I mean, I, I, I think we've talked about what we all want to do, but when you need to put pencil to paper, you've got competing needs. I certainly want to see us make a focus keeping the scale of Sunset. That's got to come with some concession to those owners. How we design those concessions, okay. right? We haven't had any conversations. Oh, you about guys, it. yes, yes. Sorry, you're yeah. you're a yeah. step behind us because we all actually right. had that whole conversation with Mark today. He took us yeah. through it all. So I think we're. Best serve yes. That's why I keep saying like we're we're closer than we were, and you're saying that we're not. Um, yeah. So I think then maybe it benefits all of us to maybe do a meeting. I know that Mark has something in January, but I think he's well on his way with a lot of the stuff that he talked about. So I don't know if maybe we want to do a sunshine meeting to look at it because they weren't here today. 
so they didn't get to have the input that the three of us were able to have. And so that way, then maybe when we meet on the 19th, we have a better idea and then can come up with a time frame. I keep looking so at Tony to about, I, there. <laughs> and my advice, Mayor, just to kind of, again, give us some thoughts, you know, 45 days from today is January 19th, right? Just to kind of put that in perspective. Um, I, I know Mr. Dotson is probably one of the hardest working attorneys I know, but it is the holidays. Uh, tends to, things tend to do get a little bit bogged down. And 60 days from today is February 3rd. So, I mean, if we put a 60-day a time period on an RFQ or an invitation for folks to submit, you know, letters of interest that we can then, you know, rank shortlist people we want to negotiate with exclusively, I mean, 60 days puts us right at the beginning of February. So yeah. that's by way of information. If I may, one way to expedite this, I don't believe we need an RFQ for this project. I, I absolutely, for our City Hall project, I think for this project, we can go right to RFP. It's simple to evaluate the credentials of a company we just did in a couple minutes. We didn't even have to, just by name, right? Um, part of your P process, you can easily evaluate, and it's not as complex as a city hall project. And then when so we get to February that, 3rd, yeah, so then w would it be fair to say if we went that route, that when we get to the February 3rd date, we'll have a pretty good idea? Before then, I would say we should have a pretty good idea of what it is that we're looking for there. Is that fair to say? I, I'm sorry, I keep trying to hone in on dates because I think that's how we work co collectively best. Yeah, I hear I, what I, you're I think, saying. I think if we set up a sunshine and review everything and then set up a date sometime in January to reconvene and set some standards and understanding of what we want from form, fitness, function, and uh, I mean, at least we can have that conversation separately and not bog down this particular meeting on yeah. something, on so many unknowns. So I would just set some dates in the future, sunshine it, let's have a discussion internally, obviously sunshine, and then come up with a date from there on what commission we can actually decide on that. Okay, That's just so my shall we say we sunshine a meeting with Mark now in December before we all leave for Christmas? And then that way when he comes, we can maybe put out whatever it is if we agree on anything before Christmas and give it the time frame that the mayor was talking about? I know I, I know people are busy in the holidays, so if you want to give direction to the city clerk and just coordinate with our schedules to make sure we can do something this month, uh, let's try to do that. Okay, is everyone in agreement? Sure, I, I, I would have to be the week of the 18th for me. I only have the first okay. couple of days of that all week. Right. Just... The week. There you go. We'll yeah. start with those so, ones. All right, so okay. we have a, a direction to the city clerk the week of the 18th to have a sunshine with Mr. Mark Alvarez to hone in on what we'd like so that we can work this through and possibly put something out so that we can meet your February date. And is are we in agreement then RFP versus RFQ then RFP? I think we can discuss that at the sunshine, but most, most likely. Okay, so we're leaning in that direction. Okay, I see a yes. Yes. Thank you. All right, so we're having a meeting week of 1218 with Mark. City clerk will coordinate, then we'll hopefully have a direction forward so that we can, if agreed upon, which I hope we will, have an RFP that'll come due beginning February. 
have you looking stressed? Yeah, Emma. No, I, again, I, I, my, my, my reservation about this is the same. Again, like, yep. this is a project that is a wonderful opportunity, but yep. again, it's going to take staff focus away from what I think is the bigger prize and bigger picture project, which is City Hall. You know, hopefully we'll hopefully we won't have that experience, but that's my concern. I, I, I agree. I agree with you, Mayor. I think just a, a, a sunshine where we can put all those priorities yep. and talk about that freely with a little bit more time. All right. That, yeah. That'll put everything on paper. Well, we yeah. have a, at least we have a plan. I got a plan. Let's. I, I'd say okay. we move that. I move yep. that we uh, we convene on the uh, week of the 18th. Second. We discuss this in okay. the sunshine. And did you have something to say? I'm sorry. If, I, if I may, just ask if if possible, <laughs> just to make it as clean as possible, if we can meet before the 1219 meeting, so that at the 1219 meeting we, we can get formal direction. That would be. Mr. Okay. Can we meet on the 18th? Or a, a week from today. It's a Tuesday, Mr. Mayor. I know. Yeah, I can't. Okay. I can't next week. My, okay. my week is chaos. The eleventh. Why don't so we I meet before the meeting, like five thirty, the way we normally do for like a sunshine? Does that work? That works. Okay. That and I. Sorry. I'm sorry. What we, did we say that it will work? So then, not eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, I think the week of the 18th is fine. If we want to meet the 19th before our meeting, I would just say we should probably start a little bit earlier than the typical Absolutely. 5 time. Maybe start at 5, so we have a little bit more time to, to work through this. Do we really think that 5 will be enough? I, I, that's the I think if we, give that... if, we, if we give ourselves more time, we may take all of it. So a little pressure <laughs> helps uh, refine everyone's thinking. Oh, my goodness, right? <laughs> oh, boy. May I say something? Of course. I just want to thank the applicants for your interest in the city, your time, and your investment. And I want you to know that we are serious. I know we have to work out you know, some things here in the back of the house, but everyone here is, is serious about doing something significant for the city on that site. And I hope it all works out. Okay. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you all and happy holidays to you. Thank you. Thank you. Have Thank a Merry you. Christmas. Have a good evening. Okay. Can we stop for just three minutes? As much candy as you want. If not, sure. you're going to lose me for three minutes.
And we're back. Okay. So do we want to try to go with number 16? Certainly. I'll, I'll, I'll move number 16. Second. Like okay, so we've got the mayor moving it and Commissioner Liebman giving the second. Yeah, go ahead. We're just, we're ahead of you today. You don't have a voice, so we're just going with it. <laughs> she has a voice. <laughs> we just can't hear it. <laughs> An ordinance of the City Commission of the City of South Miami, Florida, amending Article 2 definitions, Section 2.3 definitions, and Article 3 zoning regulations, Section 3.6 supplemental regulations to address home garage garages, providing for corrections, severability, conflicts, implementation, and an effective date. Mr. Manager, would you like to bring this one around? It's, it's also, I believe it's... Um, yeah, it says city manager. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna if, be. If you don't mind, Vice Mayor? Oh, <laughs> Just walk through it, it a little bit. Uh, so what this is doing, um, this ordinance is intended to regulate. Uh, right now our code has restrictions on garages in general, but most of the, the limitations actually, most, all of them, uh, relate to parking garages for buildings, um, like structured parking. We don't have anything that speaks squarely to home garages, okay? Uh, so this was intended to speak to that, to kind of uh, write out some, some, some basic rules about, about how they're used and what they're used for um, and how big they are. And the idea really has, has some roots um, in, uh, we have, there is a statute on the books that uh, allows for home occupation. That statute was not written 100% clearly, so there are some uses which we may not want, which are arguably within the ambit of that statute, and we're trying to avoid anyone taking advantage of that statute. Now, this, as the planning board uh, amended this, this ordinance, which is the stuff you see in gray, uh, the changes that they made uh, speak to allowing certain, certain home occupations, like inventory and that kind of thing, um, as long as it's not automotive related. What we're trying to really avoid is uh, someone leveraging, uh, you know, the ability to build an enormous garage and use it as a mechanic shop or some in, in a single family neighborhood. That's the key. This is all about garages in single family properties. So the restrictions that you see uh, here um, are kind of geared towards that, towards limiting what, what can be done on a single family to avoid those kinds of situations. Okay. Do any of us have any questions for the city attorney or are we ready to discuss? It's always the silence that I love. <laughs> okay, so we don't have any questions for you, Mr. City Attorney. Thank you very much. Um, do any of us have any comments on this? Mayor? Yeah, no, I, I you know, this is a, a, a concern that became very present for me uh, in my immediate neighborhood. Um, I think the planning board did a lot of good work. I watched the last couple of hearings. I think they made some modifications that kind of strike a balance to protect the interest of folks who are collector owners of cars and might want to have stackers. And um, 
and uh, other devices to store vehicles in their home garage, which I think is perfectly appropriate. Uh, but you know, the, the way the code reads today, there's there's no outer delimiter on the size of a garage. And uh, there was at least one example I that came I became aware of where the garage was equal to the size of the existing home. And so what struck my concern was with the advent of the legislature preempting our ability to regulate home-based businesses, you know, we could find ourselves with, you know, a mechanic shop or the equivalent, uh, someone doing small auto body repair work in our single family districts and, and thought it would be prudent to introduce a, um, an outer limit on the size of a garage to dissuade anyone from buying a home with that potential purpose since our community is a very attractive one to live in. So. Thank you. Would you like to say anything? Yeah, I would just like to ask the mayor, city attorney, uh, have all the uh, recommendations of the planning board been adopted or do we have to make a motion to adopt those? They, uh, they are in the ordinance that's in front of you. So if you just make a motion to adopt the ordinance that's in front of you, or I believe the motion's already been made, um, that would include those. Okay, thank you. Perfect. And and I, I applaud the planning board. I, I actually watched as well, and I think they did a very comprehensive job of putting this together, and so I, my hat's off to them. Are we ready to move this item? Is there anyone? I, I moved it. Is there, is there a second? I'll second. Thank you. No, we have to do uh, public? No, no, uh, no, no, Commissioner Lieben had already seconded it. Oh, oh, there you go. <laughs> so, Commissioner Lieben already seconded Oh, that's right, we did it before we read it. Okay, so can we please? Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Vice Mayor Boni? Yes. Commissioner Liebman? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Calle? Yes. Passed 5 0. Okay. Let's see. Number eight. Let's take number eight, please. Ow! Sorry, I hit myself again. A, a resolution of the mayor and the city commission of the city of South Miami, Florida, approving and authorizing an extension agreement for curbside recycling program services with Miami-Dade County Department of Solid Waste Management for the purchase of curbside recycling services in an amount not to exceed $256,000 for fiscal year 2023-2024, authorizing the city manager to transfer and expend funds for the payment of the services. I move the item. I'll second it. Who wants to be the first to discuss this one? No one? Bueller? Okay, well, I, I feel like this is something we need to have the city manager go back and see what our cost is to do the biweekly. This is growing kind of like, you know, nothing I've seen in the budget elsewhere. And we don't have a good handle on exactly how much we recycle or how much of it gets used. Like a, this seems to me like a black hole, and I know I'm probably the worst person to be talking about recycling as a whole, but I, I think that to do nothing and just accept this, it, it, it's not prudent for us. What do y'all think? Vice Mayor, I can, I can share some, some data as, re, as, a res, as a result of that question. Um, from a bi-weekly standpoint, um, so the weekly cost is $7.20. Uh, per household, <clears throat> um, and biweekly would be at five dollars and sixty-eight. So the difference between the the cost of between the two programs is roughly uh, fifty-five thousand dollars. Right per uh, month. 
uh, $55,000 a year. No, the seven versus... Yeah, yes, yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, so if the, the weekly program is $55,000 more expensive, just to make sure that that's clear. If you were to go to bi-weekly, you'd be saving about $55,000. And what was our cost last year? So um, the recycling uh, costs have, from 2021, it used to be $100,000. Then the city converted to um, weekly, and then that cost increased to $140,000. And then with the changes with the current vendor at the county, as you know, we outsource and there's a third party um, that has gone to six dollars and ninety nine and now seven dollars and twenty cents so from 2021 uh, fiscal year was a hundred grand to what we you would be adopting today if you approve this two hundred fifty six thousand so it's gone up 150 like 150 percent it's doubled yeah yeah sweet well more, more, than, more, double. Than, more than double, more than double. <laughs> well it's, it's 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 doubled i mean it's again apples to apples it's doubled yeah. if you go weekly or weekly or right. bi-weekly. Yep. But, but it's more than doubled if you go from the prior level of service to the current one. Okay. Um, I, I'd like to suggest that we, at, at the very least, return to bi-weekly. This, uh, this is, it, I, I see no end in sight, but I, I want to know what you guys think. Um, it, when it's we get for a hundred percent more service for twenty percent more, right? So for me, I'd be all or nothing, and then you know the message it sends about recycling and. You mean do no recycling? In terms of the value, uh, it's twenty percent more for a hundred percent more service. So yeah, for me, the argument is, I guess, all or nothing. Just a different perspective. Yeah, I, I, listen, I'm fine with whatever we agree on because, like I said, I'm the the last person to be talking recycling. Um, but I I just think that the, the the cost is out of control already. Yeah, I, I sit uh, through the vice mayor. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I, I agree with Commissioner Lehman's uh, sentiments. It maybe maybe we should uh, you know uh, put some focus or maybe some. A champion on the commission to see how we can further along this particular project to figure out what we can do from a recycling perspective and maximize either a value or find opportunities to improve. Madam Vice Mayor, just a question to the city attorney. What are what are our termination options if we wanted to, again, adopt Commissioner Liebman's suggestion that let's say we went with nothing? Can we do that uh, after we've authorized this item and executed the contract? They're looking. So it's it's only at the end of a. So we're locked in for a year with thirty days notice. Yeah, it looks correct. like it looks like it looks like we're locked in for one year for the for the for each individual term. But but uh, we're reviewing. So. And if That's I if I could ask answer. to the vice mayor a follow up question to the manager this time, do we have a sense of if we're not if we're not recycling it? I'm assuming we're tipping this trash. It becomes trash. So we're tipping it. Do we know what I mean? What the gross weight of what we recycle is roughly every year? Yeah, unfortunately, Mayor, um, um, when our pickup is done on a Wednesday, uh, then they go to other areas. So they, they commingle um, other 
recyclables collected in other areas. <clears throat> I had had a conversation with a prior director uh, to, to do a test run on a Wednesday and just pick up our staff and our, our recyclables and go straight to the facility to at least get a weight. Uh, unfortunately, that kind of fell apart because he, uh, he's no longer there and we need to revisit that conversation. But the city doesn't have data uh, a pre and post, so I, I don't know if the city's recycling more uh, when it went to weekly because uh, we don't have the data to be able to compare. Okay. So I still intend to try and do that uh, one-shot deal to at least get a, a base amount of what we do on one one day's pickup. If I may, Mayor, to answer your question. So it is a 30-day period in advance of the termination date, so it's without cause, a 30-day advance notice. But I, I guess, I, I guess, Mr. Manager, and thank you for that clarification, Madam City Attorney and Madam Vice Mayor, if I may, just by way of additional follow-up to the manager, I, I, I guess at our current tipping cost per ton, right, are we, what, I mean, are we going to tip, it sounds like our tipping fees are roughly 100 and, if I recall, a couple, maybe $150,000 a year or less than that. The cost sorry. of this contract exceeds that. Are, are we expecting wait, that? Wait, no, sorry. No, sorry. What are our tipping fees a year, I guess? Is the they were 800000 last year. 800000 Yeah. Okay, my apologies. 800000 sorry. And, 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 and sorry, I mean, city manager can correct that or the finance director, but I think. No, you're right. You're right. You're, you're right, Commissioner. I think you're, I, I had my, had my numbers mixed up. I apologize. So I'm, I'm just wondering if we were to go all or nothing, would, would that decision exceed the cost of recycling those items? on a per household basis in terms of gross weight. And that's a question I would probably want to answer before we went to the all or nothing route. And just a silly thing, but wait, industry suggests nothing. I was just you know, giving an no, example. I, no, okay. I, no, I know, but I think that, but I think you're, I think the choice is exactly what you're saying, right? Because right. I, I agree with the fact that the value propositions for 20% more costs, we're getting double the service. Right. I, you know, it sounds to me like we and, should approve it for that reason. Well, and then, Mayor, of a silly point. Uh, it's not a joke, though. But we're going to have to pick up. If let's say we do pull recycling, do we leave the the canisters with the households? Or if anyone wants them, they can hold on to them. Do we leave them with them if, at some point in the future, we continue it? Or public works department picks it up, where do they put it? It's just something else to consider. Yeah. When do we have to answer this? Yeah, ago. I mean, the, the, the renewal is something that's been pending for a while, but part of this is because the county had not set the rate or internally had maybe anticipated what the rate was going to be, but had not finished um, uh, formally approving it. So that's why when we did our budget, we had a lower number and, and therefore budgeted a 240. So th this renewal is, is, is certainly uh, pending and forthcoming to maintain our, our service. Um, the letter does speak to um, a, a weekly program. Uh, and we inquired with the county as it relates to that letter and if we wanted to change it in any way, what would be the steps to take? Uh, we didn't ask the question about if we completely abandoned the program, um, but the attorneys have answered that question. And if we, if we signed the contract and then we wanted to change our minds from weekly to bi-weekly, we could do that? We, we've been told yes. Uh, today we reconfirmed, but um, um, we were waiting for solid waste to, to get a confirmation. They, they told us yes, but they wanted to verify. Uh, so the letter does speak to uh, a biweekly program, I mean a weekly program. <clears throat> but yes, we, we, we have a yes, but I, I'd rather have it in writing. Okay. All right. So what is the will of the commission? I, I think it makes sense to approve this and to continue trying to monitor the data 
and made decisions accordingly later on just makes sense to approve it. Okay, and you guys in Zoom land agree? I, I, I do, and I would just say by way of direction, a companion direction, maybe we wanna have the manager bring back an analysis 90 days before the renewal date so we can talk about this and decide whether we want to extend or or, or terminate the service altogether. Okay. Um, if we think that's more cost effective and and frankly, you know, we find out that we're frankly not recycling at the levels that we would hope. Okay, and then will you be able to try, I'm sorry, I'm talking to the city manager, will you be able to try to see if we can get that dedicated truck that one time again so that we can yes. actually know what we do? No, definitely, that's my intent. I mean, the, and the second data point is, you know, what's your contamination rate? I mean, it's, a, it's an okay. important metric to, to, to know um, because that also would, would trigger you know, certain education campaigns and try to lower that contamination. Um, so okay. uh, we had the county, uh, Miss uh, Jean Marie here speak about that and she said, you know, everything that's recyclable gets recycled. The problem is okay. <laughs> di different cities. I, re I remember that statement. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that was a very nice, very nice uh, comment from her. Okay. So number eight, are we ready to call it? Does yeah. somebody have a motion? No, Wait, do we motion. have to read it? We have to yeah, read it? We, we read it. We no, we read it. it. Okay, we read it, you see? Okay. We, I second. Yes. A motion to defer. Wait, are we deferring Sorry. or are we just voting? Sorry, I didn't. No, I think we have to vote. We're already late. I think the motion was to, to vote on it. Yeah. Okay, it's, sorry. It's, yeah. I withdraw my motion. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonis? Yes. Commissioner Liebman? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Calle? Yes. Passed 5 0. Okay, I'm gonna move on to number seven and I'd like to withdraw this. I feel that the, the conversations that we've had and the changes that we've tried to make to this have made it essentially useless. So moving forward or kicking it, continuing to kick it around is just wasting time. So. Do you I'm, need a second for that? Do Vice I need Mayor? a second or? to remove this, to just drop it? Not if you're the sponsor, right? I, I'm the sponsor. You are the sponsor. You, you, can, you can withdraw it. All right, I'm withdrawing it. That then leaves us with 9 and 10, correct? Am I, is everybody or, in agreement? We have 9 and 10 yes. left? Or, or 9 or 10. Or 9 or 10. Oh. Yeah. Pardon me, Vice Mayor. Yes. Can we get a motion on the withdrawal of that resolution, number oh. 7? I, I don't I think the direction was... I thought, the, I thought the direction was we did not need a, a motion on the withdrawal because she was the sponsor. But let's do it anyway. You want us to do it anyway? She's withdrawing it. Yeah, just to okay. be clear. I'd like to motion. Second. I'd, okay, there. And do we vote on it? Yes, May go. <laughs> Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonich? Yes. Commissioner Lee? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Calle? Yes. Passed. Motion to withdraw, 5-0. <laughs> okay. And now we've got 9 and 10 or 9 or 10 because we have 10 for a second reading and then we have the mayor proposing number 9 to, I imagine, supersede number 10. 
Yeah, so I, by way of clarification, Madam, Madam Vice Mayor, if it's okay, um, I, I was informed you know, after the last vote, obviously the, the vote was three to two. Um, given the support at, on first reading, the item would likely fail on second reading. The vendor approached me about possibly reducing the term so as to be able to travel under uh, our standard voting protocol of just three votes for a term of less than or three years or less. So that's why we styled item nine in the alternative uh, if the board wanted to consider still moving this forward. And there, that was the majority will of the body. But I, 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 I'd like to move item 10 for discussion. And um, my, my one caveat modification was I would like the the revenues that are generated to be used for really two discrete purposes. Uh, if we could style the approval that way, one to support um, enhanced traffic, um, uh, a tra traffic enhancement, traffic enforcement detail run by the police department to assist with you know that quality of life issue, and also to further invest in the beautification of our right of ways. Uh, if the revenue could be used for that purpose. Uh, upon the direction of council. Okay. Can I talk to, uh, to this for a second? Is that okay with y'all? Sure. Okay. I've spoken. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You need to read it. Which one do we want to read? We want to read 10? Why don't you want to just discuss it generally and we'll we'll read whichever one we land on. Okay. Does that, does that work? Can we talk about it generally? Okay. I've spoken with over 30 people that live either directly in front of a school, in the school neighborhood, and actually reached out then to another 20. So in one way or another, I have touched base with 50 people who live within the area of these schools. Not one of them, not one, thought this was a good idea. I actually spoke with one person who doesn't live near a school, who was like, eh, whatever. So in fairness, anybody that I spoke to that lived near the K through eight, lived near the middle school, has absolutely no interest in having this in their neighborhood. I actually went online and looked for all kinds of articles related to this. And interestingly enough for me, one of the main groups that does not care for these is the ACLU, which I think says a lot. I also think we are fixing a problem that we don't have. I think that the data was very interesting because we had 1,100 and something cars speeding through the street of Bob Welsh Park, which is the least trafficked street when you're talking about busyness of all of the streets that were surveyed, which for me was extremely curious. I, when I was speaking with people I, I will tell you, I, I actually have one text that I saved because I thought it was very interesting. And she essentially was telling me that why was the city doing a cash grab? Why were we fixing a problem we don't have? Why do we have police officers? Why don't we have you know, police officers that are at the schools already, school resource officers, more present, or at least on those streets where we think we have a problem, park the car. If somebody sees a police officer, they're gonna slow down. You, nobody's paying attention to whatever, a camera. I, we all know I'm anti-camera. But what, I talked to everybody that I spoke with, not everybody felt like me. But interestingly enough, they thought we were 
doing a grab for money, putting things that were invading their privacy, and fixing a problem that doesn't exist. And so then when I saw it come in at three out of five, it made me unhappy because I'm like, we originally listened to it at four out of five, and now all of a sudden, because you, you think it, it might not work out, it magically showed up at three out of five. And I think if we as a commission are gonna stay true to what we've originally spoken with each other about on this dais, which is trying to put our best foot forward, I, I think this isn't the best way to do it. So I, I was disappointed, I think, with seeing number nine because it's, it's kind of saying number 10, we don't think it'll work, eh, let's try something else. So that's what I have to say about that. We, none of us live there, and so I think we should start listening to people who do. Anyone else? I, I'd just like to say, I mean, uh, I, I've even thought a lot about this from the first reading, and. I mean, from what was said by the vendor and what we know about these cameras, they are private. They don't even need to be shared with law enforcement. That would be a decision that we would have to make. They're not open source, they're not public, they're not posted on social media, anything like that. They're for private use for the sake of, of, of this ticketing. The technology also helps us with the number one issue that people have, which is traffic issues, people speeding, things like that. So. The more devices and technology we can use, the better. I'm in favor of sharing this with law enforcement. I think it's going to help them uh, catch people who steal cars in our city, catch people who are doing um, other nefarious acts. I think it's going to help protect traffic with technology where we aren't going to need um, to have our police sitting there, you know, 12 hours a day, however long. So. I, I am I am in favor of this. Anyone else? Yeah, Madam Vice Mayor, I, I, I want to just address two points. One is, you know, I, I have not spoken to people uh, as recently as you have door to door about this. Um, I did hear when I walked in the neighborhood around Bob Walsh Park and when I met with the PTA at Ludlam Elementary School that they have been greatly concerned about the rate of speed on 74th Street particularly as it relates to that area around the curve uh, where there's kind of a blind spot coming around the corner and uh, parents have been very unhappy about the lack of police presence, be it ours and or, um, and or that of the school district. And frankly, at the, at the commissioning of Bob Walsh Park, uh, a mother stopped me and mentioned that it was just before the beginning of school that they hoped that we would deploy an officer there to help people kind of get accustomed to driving at a reduced rate of speed. So my, my experience, you know, in some conversations, not as ex extensive as yours, um, have been that people want to see just more enforcement generally. Uh, I think this is a uh, force multiplier tool. Um, I, I do not want to give people that this is a cash motivated uh, grab issue. Um, you know, frankly, if there's unhappiness about, about it, if it's not having the intended effect, um, that's why I made sure that we could terminate this at no cost to us after a year. So we could try this technology, deploy it. If it worked, if it added value, if people were, were comfortable with it. Um, you know, if it was, it was value created from an enforcement perspective, we could continue to utilize it or we could terminate the contract without any, without any exposure, which was certainly 
uh, it has been an issue with you know red light camera enforcement by contrast. Uh, and I would say in terms of the positioning of the item, it's not intended with any offense. I, I you know, again, um, initially when this item was brought forward, it was brought forward for a longer term. That longer term per our code charter requires, you know, four-fifths vote. And, um, you know, frankly, you know, I, I wanted to respect the wishes of the vendor to allow them to consider a shorter term. And uh, they expressed that they, they were open to that. And it does allow us that additional flexibility in terms of, you know, um, trying to get this item adopted. But it's not intended to in any way diminish your comments or or be a slight to, um, you know, to you in any way personally or any other member of the board who may, you know, disagree and have reservations as I do about cameras. But frankly, as we discussed last time, they, they are ubiquitous. They're everywhere. And um, whether on our doorbells or... Um, and for me at this point, I, I, we've done not enough, in my opinion, to address uh, the quality of life concerns I heard first and foremost in every door, which is, you know, addressing people traveling at high rates of speed on city streets, including some of the streets that would be serviced by uh, this potential program if adopted. Commissioner Lisa? Yeah, so I, I do have one question I didn't ask last time. Would this include signage? Signage is required under the statute. And is that a, a close to the camera, close to light, or is that a standing it's, street sign? Uh, I, I believe it's a standing street sign that, that identifies the area as patrolled by, uh, school, by a school zone speed detection system. Okay, can someone tell me how many signs? Mm. Ballpark? Vendor representative, may, as Great. far as the yeah, exact number, we, we're not yeah, sure. Obviously, that, that also depends on the number of sites right, thank you. Uh, that are selected. Uh, Nate. Thank you. Uh, Greg Park with Red Speed. Thank you, Mayor, Manager, Vice Mayor, Commissioner. Uh, to the, and I'm happy to answer any questions you have. Appreciate you having us back again. Great. Um, a sign on each end, a few hundred feet approach again before camera okay. enforcement. That's an FDOT mandated sign, the verbiage, uh, the measurements, et cetera. Similar to you've had on your red light cameras. It's still part of the same 316 code. We are very amenable to extra signs, flashers. This is not a gotcha or a surprise program. We'll work okay. under any direction given. Sure, so, but, but sorry, so how many signs would that be approximately? It'd be one on each end. Two, right. Two per school zone. Correct, so how at many? At a minimum, per right. so how many, statute. Sorry, how many total in the city? I think we're looking at if it's up to just the direction given us the test justified three to four school zones based on because okay. these will need to be approved by the permitting authority on a documented need. Okay, so um, at six to eight, uh, one thing this commission hasn't heard me say, uh, Phil Stoddard used to quote me all the time, I believe the city suffers from sign pollution. Uh, I think we have way too many signs. Then we I, don't want to do any additional. Yeah, <laughs> good. I think signs are an eyesore. I think they're, I mean, I saw a, a sign, by the way, on um, 73rd Street approaching US-1 that's upside down, so it tells you to drive backwards, actually. Um, but, uh, and all these signs are rusted out. They have to be maintained. I just think they're an eyesore. It's complete commercialization. I, I want the city of less signs across the board. Um, but what, what I what did come up in this conversation was nice. Maybe we can do a, a, a pilot. I mean, maybe if the commission or the majority vote, which could pass this item, is 
is really concerned about building consensus and unionistitis, especially going forward with the more challenging items, maybe we do a pilot at just one location as opposed to multiple locations, and then we can hear the feedback from, from the residents, whether that's positive or whether that's um, negative. But my three, I had four concerns, um, three I mentioned last time. Um, Vice Mayor did a very good job, as, as did her, uh, her market research. Um, in terms of touch on them, but I'll, I'll repeat them again. One, to me, creates a police society. Two, other people may not see it that way. I, I see it as a, as a tax grab. And then um, uh, three, I, I believe that we're, you know, the mayor said this, we're trying to create a solution for a non-existent problem. I understand the study demonstrated speed still haven't any child safety issues. Um, we're paying for a police officer at that school. Uh, bus drivers, crossing guards are very, uh, very proactive. South Miami's a tremendous community. Parents are, are absolutely engaged. Um, plus all these kids are writing freebie, which is another story. But the other, well, the one thing I didn't mention on the commission, because I just wanted to focus on three points, is I've heard everyone say they're very concerned about the PR from our, I don't want to say aggressive, but from our, our parking ticketing, right? And you're concerned, and that, it's a valid argument, I just want to get into that now, about the message, the optics, the PR that sends, is our downtown, our commercial area friendly because number of tickets we give. Well, I want you to think about the same thing now. Let me drive through the city, there's going to be cameras, and I don't know what the chance, what the percentage are, but chance, decent chance, you can get a speeding ticket. So what message does that send about our city? You could argue it says, hey, we're concerned about child safety. But think about Waldo. Think about the cities of Brandon on the way to Disney that have these state reputations for hitting every car that drives through. What we're all trying to do is, we're, is remember our, our byline, tagline, city of pleasant living. We're all trying to make the city more desirable. You could argue safer, safer for families. We're all trying to make it more desirable, more friendly. and. I don't think that's the way to accomplish it. So, um, yeah, my vote remains the same, but I really yeah, want you to think about that, you know, those optics when people come into the city. So, uh, yeah, thank you, and thank you. You're welcome. Commissioner Kaye, do you have anything to No, I, I mean, look, I, I think that uh, the pilot program might work. You know, I think that I'd be in, in favor. I'm, 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 I like the camera system. Uh, I think Commissioner Lehman's hit a good points. I mean, I think that maybe not the way he stated it, but I think that it, it brings in <laughs> safety. Uh, it helps us. It helps safety. It helps lower the speeds. Uh, it's it's the it, I would say it's number two or three concern that we heard when we were knocking on doors. You know that the areas you know have issues. Maybe they weren't specific to to school zones. But school zones would be our priority. I mean, we want our kids to be safe. We have crosswalks. They're only doing crosswalks. They're not enforcing speeds. Police, police at schools are enforcing, making sure kids are safe inside the school. Not that they're, you know, um, that they're having police actually monitor uh, speed and safety. Um, we don't have the police um, numbers to go ahead and justify putting police or um cops just sitting i mean police cars just sitting there to justify that you know so i don't i don't necessarily think that those are the best resources 
or the availability to our resources to be used in a situation. So I, I do like this. I think that it, it'll, it'll give us a reputation that we're really trying to protect our, our citizens, our kids, uh, try to be safer and really to be the city pleasant. You know, it's protecting, protecting our, our constituents more so than anything else. Thank you. Okay, so it comes down to, are we going to vote on the original one that was before us? Or are we going to vote on the new one that circumvents the original one we were looking at? I, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Ma Madam Vice Mayor, to the extent that you're considering the ordinance, it is a public hearing, so okay. we could open if, it up to the public. I'm not, don't, if don't, anyone here would like to speak on this, please come on up. There is no one. If anyone online would like to speak to this, please raise your virtual hand. Nope, there's nobody online. So we're going to close the public hearing. And that, and that was a public hearing for both the resolution and the ordinance. Okay, and that's closing both the resolution and the ordinance. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Okay, so do we want to continue to go through 9 and 10, or do we want to pick one? And if we pick 10, try to convince Josh. <laughs> I just, I just, I think that doing number 9 is... I'm sorry, or, guys, I, I don't like Or does that. the commission want to experiment with a pilot? Try one school or two I, schools? And another thing is we can have a police officer go to five different schools in a week, or one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and see what type of impact that has. If, if I could just... I don't... Sorry. The vice mayor? Oh, hold on, because oh, the city attorney is trying to say something. I just wanted sorry. to clarify one thing. Um, in terms of picking the schools, uh, this is picking a vendor. What would occur after this would be an ordinance that would still come before you uh, to adopt the program and then to pick the schools. So you could announce your intention to pick the schools. We could even limit it here, but you wouldn't actually select the schools where you would do the enforcement until that time. That's all. Okay. So just a clarification of the, the study, obviously what was, what was required before um, you could uh, claim that there's a risk at, at that particular location. So the, the study has been done. So this is a study that we relied upon for selection of schools. Let's let Steve go sorry. first. Commissioner Kaye, I know you wanted to say something. Did you forget? I don't remember what I, oh, what I was gonna say was um, why, oh, well, I guess this is just to pick the vendor. So we, we can discuss the the feasibility of what we want to do with it afterwards. So I, I guess I'll, I'll hold my comments until then, if this moves forward. Okay, Commissioner Liebman. Maybe we should look into putting a, uh, a speed table by Bob Welsh Park. Or a speed if bump. that is a, right, that's what. A speed table is a speed bump? Yes. Okay, fancy man. <laughs> <laughs> or a speed hump, uh, right? If that is a problem area, and I'm not, saying in, in place of, I mean, it could be in place of, but just regardless, if that's a problem area and these school zones are only be monitored during these, you know, pick up and drop off, you know what that window is, an hour, an hour. Yeah, it's an hour. But maybe the speed bump will be permanent. So, yeah, just putting it out there. If it's really a concern, maybe we should look into that as well. Commissioner actually, just by way of, by way of background, I've, I've been doing some research on other interlocal agreements that, um, Steve Coral Gables and others have adopted to take control of um, the process of trying to get um, traffic mitigation measures adopted. So my intention is early next year to bring back uh, a proposed or local for our consideration. 
so we can actually take control of that process as well in the style that Coral Gables has. That, that would allow us to deploy some of these mechanisms if we're willing to pay for them, subject to the county approving you know, the traffic methodology we use to assess the impact. So, um, I'll, you know, hopefully we'll have more conversation about those improvements That's on awesome. a going forward basis. Thank you for taking that initiative. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, right. on this side, look, I'm, I'm open to proceeding. I, I think at this point, obviously, as the city attorney said, we're trying to select a vendor. Really, what we're talking about is, do we want a shorter or longer term? Um, my sense my, from the beginning, whether it was three years or five years or three years with multiple options, my concern has always been, you know, we do this for a period of time. If it's if it's not working, if it's becoming the source of controversy, I wanted the ability to terminate it without having to pay them to amortize the cost of the cameras or anything else. That was the model one of the other vendors proposed. Um, to me, you know, either opportunity here basically allows us to pilot this for a year whether the studies justify it at one location or multiple locations that's yet to be determined by my understanding through um, a reviewing agency and then we have to basically then take further action to to implement the program as the city attorney uh, indicated so my, my preference would be to adopt item item 10 with that as kind of my intent and understanding but you know, I I'd like to do something in this area, Commissioner Lehman. If it's not something you're amenable to, then I would move item nine. If if there's uh, not support for second for item nine. Second item okay. nine. Okay, you both are good with item nine. That's all the support you're going to get for that item. Okay. <laughs> okay. So then, are we saying wait? Then let's let moving to ten. We're saying we're dropping ten. Let's 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 see if we uh, adopt item. If we can't adopt item nine, we can't adopt item ten. Well, I think you're very clear on already adopting item nine. That's why I'm saying, do we want to drop item 10? Well, I think what he's saying do is let's vote to... on item nine and okay. then we'll drop 10. All right. Or so, vice versa. You want to read nine? I, nine was. Yeah. Nine. Good question. Nine. <laughs> A resolution of the, of the mayor and city commission of the city of South Miami, Florida, approving an agreement with Red Speed Florida LLC for the installation and operation of speed detection systems for enforcement of speed limit violations occurring in eligible school zones and related traffic report services at no cost to the city, contingent upon full compliance by the city and Re Red Speed Florida LLC with all the requirements of Chapter 2023-174 of the Laws of Florida, authorizing the city manager to negotiate and execute an agreement with Red Speed Florida LLC for the services for a term not to exceed three years and two one-year extensions. <coughs> Mayor Fernandez? Can someone move this? I, I think I believe I moved it and, and okay. Commissioner Lehman seconded. Is that correct, right. Madam Clerk? Yes. We're good. Mayor Fernandez? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonish? No. Commissioner Liebman? No. What do you mean, no? That's the one you said yes to. Yeah, Sorry. I moved it. Yes. It the item is losing. I tried to offer a little support. <laughs> My God. I was supporting the mayor, not the item. Oh, jeez. Thank you, sir. Do you want me to vote yes? Is that what you're No, arguing? it doesn't matter what you vote now. <laughs> well, then we could do item 10. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Taillier? Yes. Passed three to two. I love the way I'm fighting with Josh to vote for this item. Okay. 
Item 10. No. There's no, we have, we have to say we don't want it. We can't just leave oh, it on the I agenda. Move to, I move to withdraw item 10. Second. See, I supported Wait. both items. <laughs> kind of do we have to read it? We, to, we don't have to read it, do we? No. If we're withdrawing it, we don't have to read it. No, Lily, Lily wants us to read it. No. Lily wants us to no. read it. Lily would like you to just take a vote on the withdrawal. Remove it from the agenda permanently. Okay, fair. <laughs> Call the Mayor vote. Fernandez? Yes. Vice Mayor Bonish? To remove it from the thing, yes. <laughs> Commissioner Lee? Yes. Commissioner Corey? Yes. Commissioner Calle? Yes. Ask five zero to be removed. Thank you. Oh, I've aged 10 years this <laughs> evening. There's nothing else on the agenda, correct? Look. Meeting is adjourned. Well. Yes, everybody here owes me a bag of candy. That's all I have to say. Well, or commission comments. Mayor, do you want to oh. share and Commissioner Kaya your Tallahassee trip with us? Or you want to, it's time yeah, for Yeah, no, that. I'll just say very quickly, thank you to um, staff for an excellent Elf Parade. I thought the, uh, I was uh, pleased to see the, Number of people on the street. Um, it's good to see all of you this weekend uh, as we bring in the holidays. And uh, today's visit was very productive. Um, particularly had a good visit with um, you know uh, Senator uh, Senate President-elect uh, Ben Albritton, who um, I think is committed to helping us this session. Uh, our representative Debbie uh, Busada Cabrera, who also is uh, very eager to help and working hard for us already, uh, as well as. Um, as a uh, you know, speaker designate, designate uh, Sam Garrison, uh, and speaker designate Danny Perez, all of who were again uh, expressed support and grateful for uh, the good work we're doing. I, I know Commissioner Kaya had some other meetings, and I can he can give you a perspective on those as well. Yeah, I, uh, we had a very good productive meeting with uh, Senator Catalayud, um, and uh, the feedback is more so with to the city manager and team. Um, we have to go back a little bit to the drawing board on, on matching some dollars. So we're getting uh, an email proposed so we can go ahead and start working on it. So you, you should expect that here in the next few days on what we need to do to, to really further ourselves to get maybe three to four million dollars, um, which was our request. So it was very productive. They're really working with us. Uh, you know, I guess we have to really work with them and Help them negotiate here on on the on the on the Senate and and, and Representative Flores. Anyone else? No, I I don't. Well, what you guys really missed tonight is uh, Alfredo looks much better without his mustache. Oh, I, I need to see that. And uh, finally cut off the stash. And our and he cut his hair. And Tony, our, our city attorney, has been doing some heavy lifting at the gym, but. I'll tell you just a couple comments. These are criticisms, but not as a city attorney. But on the way to the gym, I don't believe it. But um, you see the crowd leaving a certain establishment at 7 a.m. And it is definitely not a South Miami crowd. The crowd definitely stands out because groups of people that you've never seen in South Miami don't look like they'd ordinarily be here. So certain establishment isn't necessarily attracting a desirable crowd. It's not necessarily good for customer base at the breakfast establishments either, but it's been noticeable. It's, it's not that late early in the morning, seven in the morning. So another thing is uh, brought it up early in the Sunshine meeting, but I'll share it with the mayor and Commissioner Kaye. Um, 
freebie with this Tesla. It's faster. I don't know if it can accommodate more people. It's an hour and a half wait. Communication is just terrible. Uh, the vice mayor had a better experience. Again, well intended, uh, great management team, but uh, just it's not good communication, which ultimately, and I have it documented, which reflects poorly on the on the city. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just want to, I know we announced it, maybe we'll announce, we can do it later. Check, check our, our website and all our communications for all of our holiday festivities and toy drive. But I really want to thank the entire staff and, and Parks and Rec. It was great to see our new police chief running around and meeting families and kids at the uh, Ells Parade. It was my, for those of you who don't know, a surprise many people didn't know, it's one of our few claims to fame. The Ells Parade graced the front cover of Time Magazine. What? It's a, yeah. Of South Miami, because it used to be more of an Elves parade than a holiday parade. They used to focus more on the Elves, and it looks like from a photo, it looks like a Christmas parade in the middle of summer. So actually, as South Miami made the front page of Time XC, good institutional knowledge. But it was my last one of 12. I've never missed them. And then the last thing I want to do, I just want to recognize a, um, a friend with, with uh, connections to South Miami, met him around that time. He was very helpful with my campaign. He's very close with Mary Scott Russell. Um, I'm referring to Thomas Talby. He was the uh, membership director at Chamber South. He was a yoga instructor at Green Monkey. He actually moved to Cashiers, North Carolina, living his best life, was the director of that chamber. He's followed his progress. It's a very small town. A chamber in a small town like North Carolina is very instrumental in the community and the small businesses. And uh, yeah, he he uh, just passed away by walking his dog at a, at a young age. So, um, yeah, it hit me hard, and he had a lot of connections to the community, and ironically, I got to know him when I was running for office. So, um, and he was very supportive. So, yeah, just wanted to recognize him. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Okay, and I just want to send my sincerest condolences, I'm sure we all share in them, to Alex Padilla and his family on the loss of his father, Alberto. He was instrumental in helping shape the ideas for Sunset Place, and he will be sorely missed by his friends and family. All Thank right. you, Madam Chair, for doing that as well. All righty, and with that, I think we're adjourned. Should give you a run for the, her, the was it no. the money tonight or her money? Your money. Your money. You did a good oh, job tonight, boy. Mayor. I'm, I'm going to let her chair the future meeting. <laughs> no, no. Goodbye. Then no. Goodbye. Good night. Bye-bye, guys. Have a good day. I'll let you know that uh, Mr. This morning, uh, so I guess Mr. Viena, Vice Chair, if you would do us the honors.